0: Before we begin, I just want to add a content warning for this particular episode. There will be a couple scenes uh, where one character uh, makes uh, brief threats of sexual assault to another character. Uh, We also give content warnings uh, right before those scenes happen, uh, but I also want to include one at the top just in case.
1: Ano
2: Welcome to I Got Sucked Off by Historical King Arthur, a sincere and critical analysis of fate, the series in which you fucked the mythological King Arthur for magic power. Uh, I'm Sierra, my pronouns are she, her.
0: I'm Dustin, my pronouns are he, they, and our title is no longer a lie. Yeah, I was super
2: expecting it to just be a lie. I didn't think it was true. Honestly, I'm a little disappointed it happened. <laughs> it was going to be way funnier if it like just never actually happened. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, well, there's another sex um,
2: scene in this one. If it's not clear.
0: Yeah. We'll be doing another timestamp for it. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we won't be doing like, uh, a, a, uh, I don't think we'll be doing like the, the shorter summaries from here on out. Um, just because it's kind of awkward. Yeah. Uh, and, and also from here also, especially with heaven's field, there's, there's going to be a lot of sex scenes <laughs> comparatively.
2: Yeah. So i also like this sex scene is just like they fuck it's emotional the end that's the shorter summary (laughs) yeah there is Uh not nearly as much going on in this sex scene as the first one
0: yeah so i think uh i'm gonna save voice actors for later um Mm -hmm. because the the two i'm covering will uh well one of them is a spoiler so i want to wait until that spoiler actually happens sure um so we'll just go ahead and dive into day 13, because Jesus Christ, there's a lot to... Th- my, my summaries were long for these days. <laughs> these were long fucking days.
2: I, so I yeah. played this during my shift at work, because I work overnights, and it was dead. Uh, it just basically took me my whole shift.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Uh, so day 13, uh, Shiro dreams once again about Saber's past and the loneliness being King... The loneliness that being king entailed. He notices one common thread among all ten years of her memories as king. No one talked to her. She was only idolized. However, her knights were unhappy with her tactics, since she would sacrifice one village to save ten, but her knights thought that only the invaders should be the ones dying. Uh, She killed her emotions to save her kingdom, and this resulted in the kingdom revolting against her. Yeah,
2: it's mostly just a reiteration of the way that um, it, there, there were, it, uh, the way she was instrumentalized and turned into a function rather than a person. And when placed in a position where there is no satisfactory resolution for people, uh, because people are irrational beings, um, there is no and her uh, inability to complete that function that folks had conceived as her entire existence. They no longer were willing to accept her, and like this is a demonstration of like the ways that instrumentalization and uh, dehumanization can like deeply harm someone even beyond uh, just like the emotional harm. Is like once you are no longer able to fill that function, your value is gone because that is what your value had been based upon.
0: Yeah, it also it also strikes me like literally just now the the thought struck me. Um, I don't know honestly why it took me this long to come to this thought, but like if like we know Saber is like a really good person, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what like when she, when she drops like her whole "I am a servant" act, like she is a very pure-hearted and kind and a gentle person at heart. Um, who just wants to do good? If being king can fuck up someone like Saber, some someone like Saber so badly, or I should say, someone like Arturia, so badly that this is what happens to her psyche and also to the people around her, maybe kings are just bad. Maybe they just shouldn't a, exist. A, but that is not a question.
2: Listen, I'm not saying that Prince <laughs> Philip being dead is a bad thing. But I am saying it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to get I think I'll get deeper into it later when when the game starts to like talk about Saber and whether or not she has regrets later, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm sort of realizing I... that this is partly what plays into why I felt so strongly about the ending and why I was so upset by it. Oh, yeah, I was upset <laughs> um, by the ending, the... too, uh,
2: for, like, core thematic reasons. Um, and it's, like, like, me not liking this ending very much uh, is why I think I will like Heaven's Feel.
0: <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll get into, like, my feelings on the ending at, at the end, but I just want to put it out there that I'm sort of realizing that part of the reason is that the game never really talks about if she even should have been a king.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, th- this game takes it as a foregone conclusion, that, like, yes. she... That, that the kingship is a worthwhile goal in and of itself. Um, yes. It, it has... It takes that premise as a given. Um, and I, I don't know what to tell y'all. I'm Irish. I'm predisposed to fucking hate the English monarchy.
0: <laughs> uh... My mind always just goes to that Twitter meme, like the Crusader Kings 2 meme of 72 County Ireland. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Anyway, um, he wakes up from the dream, angry at the turn Arturia's life took. He feels her life was unfair. Quote, if she worked harder than anybody else, she should be rewarded the most, end quote. Um, Uh, There's also
2: one point here where he mentions, um, like, it is just fully hitting... Uh, shiro what hiding for her whole life had to feel like and he says something like uh, someone placed before everyone managed to keep her identity a secret i don't know what suffering she went through as i'm only watching from a distance and that was like uh, so the dysphoria read didn't quite hit me as hard in the same way as it did for you last uh uh last episode yeah. But like it, that line specifically made it hit really hard because it's like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, that that's <laughs> that's what being in the closets like. It do yeah, be it like sucks, that? It sucks, Shiro. <laughs> Correct. <laughs>
0: um, so Shiro wants to reward Saber, but doesn't know how to do that. Suddenly he really he realizes that he that he's distorted his own ideals. He's mm-hmm. tried to be a superhero, but all he's done is lend a hand. Quote, helping someone and saving someone are essentially different. I can't think of a way to reward Saber because I don't know the difference between the two. End quote. Uh, There is one
2: other important thing that was revealed during that flashback. uh, And it's that Arturius explicitly knew what her ending would be if she took the sword. Like before she took the sword, it was made clear to her what her ending would come to. Yeah, Merlin, like, warns her,
0: like, hey, you will cease to be a person once you do this.
2: Like, like she has a vision of what her end will be, and she yeah. moves forward with it. This is relevant both for uh, the ending of this and also for some other stuff we'll talk about in spoiler talk at the end. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it is so funny how mad Shiro is at this ending because it's like, Shiro, bro, buddy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yikes. Yeah, that that's actually going to play into something that made me absolutely fucking furious on day 14, and you can probably guess what it is. Uh, yep. Uh, so, at breakfast, Rin asks if he intends to get beaten up by Saber again. <laughs> God, I fucking love Rin so much. Fucking rules, dude. Uh, Saber objects to the phrasing, but Shiro doesn't notice and agrees that Saber will beat him up again this morning, because that's what Shiro's all about lately. I mean, I'm not
2: going to pretend like he's not into it. He definitely (laughs)
0: is. Uh, Rin mentions she's going to be doing research most of the day, but Shiro should stop by later because she needs to talk to him. Saber asks what she's researching, and she explains that Ryudo Temple has stopped collecting magical energy, which means they will probably make a move soon. With that, Rin wishes Saber good, uh, Saber luck with the training, and encourages her, uh, and encourages her to beat Shiro to an inch, to within an inch of his life.
2: I agree, Rin. Beat that man's ass.
0: <laughs> Give him what he wants, Saber. Uh, at lunchtime, Ilya complains about Shiro's cooking being too spicy, even though Saber, the most British person of all time, doesn't <laughs> think it's particularly spicy at all. Uh, uh, this.
2: This episode is so weird. Like, I wonder if... I think the editing of Ilya to be 18 is absolutely back-editing and retconning. Because she does not read as 18, at least in this arc.
0: No, she doesn't. Like, in the next line I say, because Nasu is still writing Ilya as if she's 10 years old, despite being wink-wink-nudge-nudge-18, she complains about not liking mustard and tells Saber she'll just trade her chicken for Saber's strawberries.
2: Yeah, I mean, Uh, like, I I think that's probably a retcon in
0: Fate Zero. Yeah, 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 I'm, that makes me, that makes me worried about what's going to be in Heaven's Feel. Yeah. Like, I don't know how, how much Ilya plays a part in that, and I don't know what kind of part she plays, but it is making me worried. That's, I think, fair. I actually don't know. Um... Shiro can't help but notice that neither of them have been taking their training as seriously as before, both of them feeling reluctant to attack each other. Ilya playfully pesters Saber some more and mentions she's having fun. Saber agrees that she's enjoying herself, and Shiro is pleased to see an honest smile appear on her face for once. Uh, Saber mentions that she, too, is glad to see Shiro smile. Uh, At night, Shiro asks Rin for advice on how how to help Saber. Rin reminds him that she's not fighting just for him, but also to get the Holy Grail and fulfill her wish. Shiro leaps to the conclusion that uh, that the reason she's fighting so hard must be for her own wishes, but Rin tells him he's come to the wrong conclusion. There is a yeah. moment of silence, then Rin reveals that Archer uh, said much the same thing as Shiro. She asks Shiro what he thinks Archer said when Rin asks him what his wish was. Shiro tells her he couldn't possibly guess. Uh Rin tells him that Archer said Hmm, how about world peace? I fucking love Rin Archer burst out laughing which caused kid. Archer Yeah <laughs> Uh Rin uh-huh. burst out laughing which caused Archer to get timid and say he knew she'd laugh. After telling her story she gets serious again, explaining that if the Holy Grail can grant any wish, permanent world peace would be the worst wish ever. Uh it... It would be a monkey's paw. A world without conflict is a world that has nothing in it. She said the same thing to Archer, who responded, quote, That is how the wise think. I feel the same way, but I am still chasing a foolish dream.
2: Yeah, you are, homie.
0: We know. Yeah. Uh, she asked him if he had other wishes, but he simply said, I do, but it is not a wish to use the Holy Grail on. I shall let you grant your wish in my place. Um, Archer, true bro. <laughs>
2: My man knows what's up. I love Archer. <laughs>
0: uh, after rela- after relating this story, Rin comments to Shiro, he was so snobbish, right? I bet he was a skirt chaser when he was alive. <laughs> Shiro-, Shiro does not agree with this assessment. <laughs> uh, this is so fucking funny. <laughs> if it's you know so the twist.
2: fucking funny.
0: <laughs> um, changing topics, Rin asks if Shiro knows the legend of King Arthur. Wren uh, says that it was fortunate uh, Arthur had a magus called Merlin who was a crossbreed with an incubus. Uh, he would have uh, he would have easily disguised Arthur's gender or arranged for a child that should never have been born. However, she's concerned about the discrepancy between the legend and saber. She asks him if he knows what a scabbard is. He says, quote, It's a great sword, a gift from the fairies that can cut through anything, end quote. Wren tells him he made the same mistake as King Arthur did. She tells the story of when Arthur first obtained Excalibur. Merlin asks him, Your Highness, which do you like better, the sword or the sheath? Arthur answers that he likes the sword, but Merlin scolds him. Quote, Please make no mistake here. The sword slashes the enemy, but the sheath protects you. As long as you have the sheath on you, you will spill no blood and take no wounds. You should truly value the sheath, not the sword. End quote. During this whole scene, Rin does voices for Merlin and Arthur, and it's adorable.
2: Um, it, it, part of the thing that is important about this, too, is... Uh, so th- this myth, uh, legend of the myth is like actually a part of uh, the myth of King Arthur. Uh, and the story of the question between uh, uh, about which uh, Arthur values... Uh, it is something that comes from uh, some of the older legends. I'm not sure which version it originates in. I think it's de Arthur, but I'm not positive. Um, and it's hard to tell anyway, since a lot of it's oral tradition. Yeah, I,
0: I don't know enough about the different retellings of Arthur to act yeah. on that at all.
2: Um, but uh, it, it, it is important in part because it is a demonstration uh, both that King Arthur was a flawed being in their values, um, and also as a demonstration of... Um, the value of a sword being sheathed is drawn, um, it, it is an important distinction, um, like it, there's a clear demonstration here that the sh- sword being sheathed, uh, not ready to make war, not ready to do violence, is better than it being prepared to inflict violence on others, um, it it having the ability to be put away, to be uh, to be sheathed and put away and no longer a threat is more important than it being drawn and existing on its own. Um, And the other important thing is the loss of the sheath is demarcates basically the beginning of the end of Arthur, Um, because that's right around the time when uh, it's stolen by Morgana Le Fay, is also around the time when I believe she gets pregnant with Mordred, uh, and the uh, Knights of the Round Table begin to fracture. Yeah, um, and so like the loss of this sheath, the inability to put it away, or put Excalibur away any longer, uh, the constant chase of violence uh, ends up being part of what brings uh, the Knights of the Round Table to death.
0: Yeah, and, and in terms of like the Fate Stay Night story itself, it is also a refl- reflection of Shiro, who is self-admittedly. Obsessed with swords. <laughs> My like, man fucking loves him a sword. Yeah, dude loves uh, swords. Um, and like that is partly why his like ideology is so flawed. Uh, because all he can think of, think about is like, um, doing violence or, or redirecting violence unto himself. Um, yeah. He cannot think He's of a other solutions bitch. to problems. Um, and Rin is desperately trying to get that through his thick skull. <laughs> Rin, I agree. He is a stupid bitch. Uh, so, moving on, Excalibur should make Saber heal right away, but instead she seems to be healing using a large amount of magical energy. However, Shiro ra- reminds Rin that the reason she dies in her legend is because the sheath was stolen. Um, which gets Rin embarrassed, because she forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> i love rin she's such an idiot uh he also asks why she cares if saber gets hurt rin gets flustered saying even she makes mistakes once in a while and explains i just lost myself thinking she'd be invincible if that was the case <laughs> rin, uh, that's not like i care about saber or anything b- 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 baka. i just think it would be cool to have an invincible sword wife Uh,
2: (laughs) just fucking stab shiro and marry saber that would make everybody's life better well Uh, not
0: shiro but you know yeah uh at dinner shiro resolves to ask saber about her motivations but he decides he needs to be subtle about it so he so he asked the group quote just hypothetically what should we do if we win the holy grail war end quote i love that his version of subtle is i will ask them directly yeah in turn (laughs) so just out of curiosity yeah uh, Savor, Ilya, and Rin all appear confused about why he's asking this question. Rin says she never really thought about what she won if she won, because her objective was just to win. Uh, Ilya then gets in a sick burn that briefly makes me like Ilya again. Quote, <laughs> I'm stunned. You seem to be the one thinking the most, but you're actually the one who thinks the least. And goes, <laughs> it fucking rules it! <laughs> uh, uh,
2: and then it turns out she was thinking exactly the same amount.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rin counters by asking Ilya what she wants. Ilya also doesn't know. <laughs> she was just told the Holy Grail is hers, so she shouldn't give it to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just here because the war itself is fun. Uh, Shiro asks Saber what her wish is, but she refuses to answer. Ilya spec- speculates she wants a second life, since she's, she was told that's what all servants want the Grail for. However, Saber says she doesn't care about getting a second life. She reveals she became a servant in exchange for obtaining the Holy Grail, which means she became a servant of her own free will. Uh, Rin explains that normally heroic spirits are created when a living hero makes a contract with something. To obtain what they want, they agree to give their existence to protecting the world after their death, essentially paying off the debt they owe by becoming a heroic spirit. However, Arthur did not need help to become a hero. Instead, she requested a different exchange after becoming, uh, after becoming a hero. She needed the Holy Grail in her final moments, and that's why she made a contract. But she never did ab- obtain the Holy Grail while she was alive. Until she obtains the Grail, King Arthur cannot die. She has been stopped in time since the day of her quote-unquote death. The real reason Shiro cannot turn turn her into spirit form isn't because he's inexperienced, it's because she hasn't died yet. Until she obtains the grail, the world will continually summon her body from the moment before her death into any spot in the timeline where she has a chance of obtaining the grail. Once she gets the grail, she will be returned to the moment of her death and finish playing out her life. Then she will die and finally become a true heroic spirit. This means Saber in her current form can still learn and have memories of the previous time she was summoned because she is not a copy that disappears once her time in the war is over. Uh, that's a big lore dump, but it's pretty important.
2: Yes. It, so, like, a core thing that happens here is basically um, is two basic details. The first is that the heroic spirits that we see and that experience life here are fundamentally copies that disappear into the Aether, um rather than like the true heroic spirit uh, it, it, they are basically a reproduction produced by the grail for the
0: purpose of this war yeah you're uh, basically downloading a servant from the the root which is the cloud server yes <laughs> that, exactly that stores all the spirits
2: whereas arthur here uh is uh, and that is why you can have uh, servants existing at mul- er, uh at multiple different points because like they are just copies rather than the original, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they have no recollection of the other times because they are not the same thing. Uh, Saber here is experiencing all of this in linear time in between – basically in between breaths as she dies in the past. Um, this is important because, like, she has died. I- in our time, she has died. This is explicitly a fact. To do otherwise is to change the past. Yeah. It, her yeah. death is not her death is predetermined not because like fate has
0: demanded it but because it has already happened. Yeah, so basically no matter what happens in this particular time eventually she will go back to that to the end of that final battle and and actually die.
2: The the only thing that could change that is a miracle and the only miracle we have on hand is the grail. Yeah. Uh, and um, she has already
0: been clear, she is not using the Grail for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, Rin explains that, uh, oh wait, hold on. Uh, Rin objects, saying that if she took the Holy Grail back to her time, that would be altering the past. Time travel and management of parallel universes is sorcery. But Saber insists it is possible, since that, that's what the Holy Grail is allowing her to do. She will use the Grail to save her country from ruin, and Arturia will then disappear. Uh, she reveals she's always had doubts that the sword made the, that the, um, uh, that the sword and the stone made the correct selection, that if she could go back and have the sword choose another, maybe her Britain would not have fallen. Uh, for once in his life, Shiro is right to be angry about Saber's resolve. Uh, he argues that she did fulfill her duties <clears throat> as king. There is no need for her to still feel, be- still feel beholden to her country, and she should use the grail for her own wish.
2: Yeah, his quote is uh, ridiculous, there's no salvation there, even if she did redo everything, and there is a more appropriate king, and her country lasts longer as a result, and even if she is saved, it's a lie. Even if everyone around her becomes happy, the ten years she fought can't just disappear. Um, and part of it, 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 part of what he's saying there is like, even if uh, she does succeed, she is still bound to the throne of heroes. Like She is still going to become a heroic spirit the moment she be- uh, captures the Holy Grail like yeah. even if she no longer exists this version of Artoria the one who did experience that will still have experienced all of that will still be bound to the throne of heroes she will still exist and even if she didn't like removing that history is something he is fundamentally opposed to um which is interesting
0: yeah um i i should mention i'm i'm not totally agreeing with Shiro here, I, I think he has a, I think he does have good, good points here, but I'm not entirely convinced about his arguments about like, um, you know, uh, the the past should never ever be rewritten. Uh, I don't think he makes a convincing argument.
2: We'll get to it when we get to it in a little bit i or
0: at the very least like his argument for it is is weird
2: it it is flawed but i can see that perspective
0: yeah like it's it's a perspective i understand but don't necessarily agree with Mm -hmm. um uh so on on the uh again i since these days were so long i did not bother doing any of the bad routes Mm -hmm, um so on the correct route uh, shiro tells tosaka oh wait sorry i skipped a part here um okay here we go shiro is interrupted as his house alarms chime and everything goes dark uh shiro can sense at least 20 magical signatures around the house but they feel like empty puppets Ilya says Castor is outside and golems bound by dragon teeth are also with them On the correct route, Shiro tells Tosaka to protect Ilya while he and Saber go outside to check on what's happening. Shiro and Saber exit the room and are immediately attacked by skeleton golems. Uh, They're easily bested by Saber, though, and even Shiro can pretty easily defend himself against them. However, their numbers appear to be infinite. They'll need to defeat Castor if they want to stop the golems. However, Shiro is worried about Tosaka and Ilya's safety if they both leave to go after Castor. Uh, the correct choice is to believe in Rin and go after Caster together. They find Castor concealing herself in shadow, but they don't see a master. Uh, she explains he was not a suitable master, so she made him disappear. Uh, she did not wish to be anyone's servant, so she became the master. Uh, real queen here. Yeah, it's it's fucking great. Yeah, uh, we'll get more of her in Unlimited Blade Works. Uh, she's rad. Mm-hmm. Um, Saber rushes to attack Caster, uh, but she drops her shadowy guise and, cra- and casts great magic with just one word. Saber instantly freezes in place. She reveals she was a mage who lived in the Age of Gods, which means her magic must look like sorcery. However, Saber's magic resistance is able to cancel out even Caster's spells. Shiro gets a premonition, though, and warns Saber not to rush in to attack. Now sensing something herself, Saber stops in her tracks and tries to dodge. Hands of bone erupt from the ground and hold Saber in place. Caster then takes out an ornate dagger with a blade shaped like a lightning bolt. Shiro Uh, rushes in front... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: I I was going to say, I actually did do this bad ending here. um, Oh, okay. Which is, if Shiro does not tell Saber to stop, uh, she will rush in and get stabbed by her dagger... Uh, which causes her to basically steal the command seals and contract from Shiro, and uh, a Saber ends up under her control and kills Shiro.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh huh.
2: Which I I can't imagine when that'll be relevant.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No idea so when that might come back. Definitely not come up again. <laughs> Never. Caster uh...
2: will just dies first in every arc.
0: <laughs> uh. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, Shiro rushes in front of Saber and gets stabbed in her place. Uh, Saber escapes. Again. but Sh- Yeah, it's, it's what he does. Uh, Saber escapes, but Shiro can no longer defend himself against Caster. Backed into a corner, Saber agrees to parlay with Caster. Uh, she reveals the only remaining servant are herself, Saber, and Lancer. Caster wishes to obtain Saber so she can use her to defeat Lancer. Unwilling to let Saber become Castor's servant, Shiro stands up and tries to fight off the bone golems. Just as things seem hopeless, a heavy rain of arrows falls from the sky, sweeping the golems away and then immediately disappearing. Well, arrows. Yeah, I I can't remember what description they're given here, but it does say arrows.
2: Oh, yeah, I I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think at this point, like, Shiro is too distracted to realize what they are. Um... So on top of the wall stands a blonde-haired man in golden armor. Caster asks who he is, and he responds, I have no reason to name myself to a mongrel. Get out of my sight, you fool. Uh, With a snap of his fingers, the golden man sends a shower of weaponry toward Caster. She attempts to defend herself with a magic shield, but it shatters like glass, and her body is completely shredded by his attack, leaving only her robe twisting in the wind. The man immediately rec- recognizes this as a feint. However, the robe sprouts wind and it wings. Sorry, the robe sprouts wings and attempts to fly away, but the man creates a dislocation in the sky that swallows the black robe. Castor's real body is revealed, and it is immediately pierced by a storm of swords. With Castor defeated. Um, there's actually a part here where it mentions is because of Caster's innate healing. It takes her like 10 seconds of intense pain to die, which real fucked up.
2: Yeah, it's not great. I kind of hated every part of that. It was, yeah, they,
0: they really revel in Caster getting just shredded.
2: I mean, th- yeah. Th- this visual novel really likes seeing women in pain in a way that's like deeply uncomfortable a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, there's, so I only, I primarily know Gilgamesh shit. (laughs) Whatever, it doesn't matter.
2: This is Gilgamesh, guys.
0: Yeah, I primarily know Gilgamesh from uh, Fate Zero and Unlimited Blade Works. Um, But, like, there are, so I was kind of surprised in the Fate route, how, how fucking monstrously Gilgamesh... reprehensible
2: everything about Gilgamesh is written.
0: Yeah, it's it's a real stark contrast to um, his other appearances so, that I've seen.
2: I actually want to give a content warning here. Um, there will be sexual assault and rape mentions. Uh, there is nothing that is actually explicitly done, but there is uh, attempts and threats of it throughout the rest of this arc, specifically by Gilgamesh.
0: Uh, yeah, in addition to the in addition to the timestamp for the sex scene, um, also probably put in timestamps for, for that stuff as well. Um, Mm -hmm. or maybe not timestamp, but at least just like before we talk about it, I will mention. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, it it gets rough. We'll get to it. Um, so, uh, where the hell did I leave off? Okay, here we go. Uh, with Caster defeated, um, Gilgamesh greets Saber, asking her if she remembers the decision he made. Saber does not answer. He asks her if she's still not ready to decide, even after ten years. He's then distracted by the presence of Ilya and Rin. Ilya asks who he is, and he explains he's one of the heroic spirits she knows so well. She calls him a liar, saying a servant she doesn't know about shouldn't exist. Real... I like Ilya when she's acting like this.
2: Yeah, Ilya as, like, a spoiled shithead ten-year-old is great, actually.
0: Yeah, like when like, Ilya like when she is... actually
2: is... acts like a 10-year-old, it's like, oh, hey, you're like a person.
0: Yeah, like when Ilya is doing a, well, if it's not in the archives, then it doesn't exist sort of thing. <laughs> it's great. Um, Ilya attacks him, uh, but a mirror-like shield appears in front of him to, to reflect her magic energy shot. Rin barely manages to block the reflected shot in time. Saber finally speaks. Why are you still in this world, Archer? He answers, There need be no reason. The Holy Grail is mine. What is wrong with coming to collect what is mine? Uh, Gilgamesh asks her not to speak more or they will have to fight, and this place is too shabby to celebrate their reunion. Um, He warns Saber to be prepared for when they next meet again and then disappears. Back in the living room, Rin is once again treating Shiro's wounds. Uh, she still can't figure out how Shiro keeps healing as fast as he does, and at this point, I'm honestly shocked that Rin hasn't figured it out yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it, it's should Like, Rin, you gave him a lecture <laughs> about... His element is
2: sword!
0: <sighs> you should know this, Rin. <laughs> um, it's anyway. so fucking funny. Yeah.
2: Uh, uh viewer i wonder if you have understood it your listener i wonder if you've guessed it yet as well
0: yeah uh rin and shiro ask saber about the golden knight and she admits she does know him but it shouldn't be possible for the for an eighth servant to be summoned she reveals that on the last day of the previous grail war she fought against him in a sea of fire even at her full power she was not able to defeat him rin concludes that he must be a servant who remains from the previous war he must have won the Grail and stayed in the world. Rin decides she wants to capture him and question him about keeping servants in the world. Real ambitious goals there, Rin.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, listen, never let it be said that she aims low.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Saber just said, like, I don't know, even even when I was Kiritsugu's servant, I couldn't do that. I couldn't beat him. And Rin's like, hmm, what if we captured him? <laughs> ...and learned his secrets. Uh, Unfortunately, Saber was never able to figure out his identity... ...as he did not wield a noble phantasm symbolic of him. Instead, he seemed to summon many noble phantasms from all over the world at will. They were not fake ones either, but just as real as the ones used by other servants. Saber reveals that he proposed marriage to her in the previous war. Quote, naturally, I deflected it with my sword. (laughs) The most Saber answer possible. (laughs) I fucking love saber dude uh all the like so many of the women in this game are just fucking amazing
2: yeah weird how all of the women are better than like every single dude
0: yeah except for maybe like uh what's his name uh isaiah uh oh yeah he's great Isaya, he rules Issei. he's a fucking king great. yeah uh, Shiro's, Shiro's monk friend is great. He's valid. No one else is. No other. No one else has any game. validity. Uh, Rin teases Saber, saying they're both so stubborn they may be a good match for each other. Uh, don't even joke about that, Rin. Uh, Saber insists she has no interest in such a thing. In what feels like a joke that is partly projection, Rin asks Shiro if he's relieved that Saber has no interest in men. It. It,
2: like. <clears throat> If they did anything more outside of this scene or gave Rin like any camera focus at all, I would yeah. be like, yeah, it does feel like projection, but it's not. Like it's definitely just comedic relief. Like there's yeah. nothing here.
0: Yeah, no. Um it's this is definitely just wishful thinking on my part uh, because I, I we get wish like it no wasn't. Yeah, cuz past the prologue, we get no interiority from Rin.
2: I mean, like, we get that sex scene, and, like, we... There was a lot happening in that sex scene. And then they're like, and we're just gonna drop all that? Because who gives a fuck? It's not her turn. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and her turn came with the prologue. Um, And also next arc. Yeah. To an extent. Um, but not in necessarily the way that we might be hoping for. Um. But, yeah. Uh. It will never be her turn to, like, have a meaningful relationship with Saber.
2: I mean, yeah. No, that that will just never happen. That one's never happening.
0: Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, let me see here. Oh, right. Uh, After having her fill of trolling the two of them, Rin leaves for the night. Now alone with Saber, Shiro brings up the topic of her wish and tells her if she wants to change herself, she should change who she is in the present instead of going back to the past. She rejects this idea and explains that Archer doesn't. Uh, sorry, she explain Yeah, okay. She rejects this idea and explains that Archer doesn't remain because he got the Grail. It was actually impossible for anyone to obtain the Grail in the previous war. On the day of the fire, the Grail was destroyed by Emiya Kiritsugu, her master. Uh, Saber won the Grail for him, but he betrayed her and threw the Grail away. As a result, the town went into flames, and he used his last command spell to force Saber to destroy the Grail. She had kept her memories of him a secret all this time because she did not wish to ruin the image of the man Shiro knew. The Kuritsugu that Saber remembers was a typical Magus who only spoke to her three times, the three times he used the command spells. He did not have anything she recognized as as emotion. He treated her as a tool and himself as an object. Kiritsugu was able to summon her because his family es- excavated her artifact from Cornwall and gave it to him. Shiro likely summoned her because of some other factor. That does leave one contradiction, though. The Holy Grail's ir- irreplaceable, so if it was destroyed, it should not have been able to come back. But Saber could not have summoned, been summoned if the Holy Grail did not still exist. Yeah, I- I'm pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, Also just Saber saying Hey sorry buddy But your dad dad fucking sucks (laughs) Your dad was a dick uh, Who was Mostly just an asshole to me And like did the Worst thing possible to me At the very last moment Mm -hmm. Uh, Later that night while everyone is Asleep Shiro sneaks out and heads To the church when he first met Rin he lied about not having been To the church before as an orphan, he was initially supposed to have been entrusted to them, but he was adopted out instead. He felt guilty about being the only one adopted, so he instinctively avoided coming back. But now he returns to ask Curier a question. He explains the circumstances behind Saber's existence as a servant. Shira wants to know if it is possible for Saber to stop being a servant and live as a normal human being. Curier claims this is impossible. Saber is already dead for them, and the dead cannot come back to life. Eventually, she will obtain the Grail. This inevitability is what allows her to be summoned as a heroic spirit. However, Shiro could keep her here as a human after the Holy Grail War ends. She'll simply return to her her loop once she dies. This would require a substantial source of magical energy. If Shiro wants Saber to live as a human, he should have her consume the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kyrie reveals there is still a Holy Grail... The Grail is merely a vessel. If it goes away, the preparer will prepare another one. The Grail was based on a magical pot passed down from ancient times. It is said that in the place called Utopia, an an omnipotent vessel exists. Magi attempted to reproduce that vessel. The families of Einsburn, Makiri, and Tosaka. They completed their reproduction 200 years ago, which resulted in the First Grail War. The Einsburns specialized in the Golden Rule of the Line, which made them the best suited to create a grail imitation. The, toka- the Tosakas provided their land in the Far East, since the Church and Magic Association were in the middle of a bloody war at the time. Um, implied that that was happening over in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. The Makiris, specializing in familiars, uh, came up with the command spell to bind the servants. As generations passed, the three families made up rules that they called the Holy Grail War and went back to a kind of cooperation. Um, since the Einzberns were betrayed by Kiritsugu during the last war, they have thrown in their greatest trump card for this one. Ilya is now the holder of the Holy Grail.
2: Yeah, so uh, one thing that is important with this is, uh, this is the straight up acknowledgement that yes, this Holy Grail is not like the Holy Holy
0: Grail. Um, Yeah, much like the heroic spirits that get summoned, it is just a copy of the original.
2: Not only that, this one is only 200 years old. It is a creation of three specific mage uh, families, and we all know how uh, benevolent those mage families are, so I'm sure there's (laughs) nothing wrong with it. Uh Uh, And the other important thing here is... So I I think this is worth mentioning for uh, Saber. Uh, Saber's story... Read to me like a fucking loan shark finally getting their hands on somebody who they'd never been able to have in debt to them before. Yeah, like Saber is one of the few heroes to become a hero without need uh, need for help from the throne or the root. Like they, she manages to get to hero status all on her own. Uh, well, and with Merlin, who is a whole yeah, separate. Yeah, entity. Merlin's
0: a, yeah, Merlin's like a half demon. He's he's special
2: yeah um and in her dying minutes like saber is finally like desperate enough that the throne of heroes is able to uh get a hold get a hold of her yeah and she
0: does it for britain a real shithole of a country
2: yes however (laughs) the holy grail she is attempting to get here did not exist then this holy grail is only 200 years old yeah and it still will fulfill the conditions not only that, this Holy Grail is a sham in so many different ways, and yet achieving it will still allow her to fulfill the conditions, which immediately makes me wildly distrustful of uh, the Throne of Heroes and the structure as a whole. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, like, that is the thing. Like, it is, it is entirely disinterested in actually serving her needs as it is, like, getting what it wants.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. The Grail is bad. yes uh uh-huh the the grail is bad the
2: servant system is bad and like there is also like a uh there is implied to be other holy grail wars and other holy grail instances so like it is possible she was summoned for those as well but like this holy grail at least is a sham that only existed some like 1300 years after her death
0: yeah it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. um I can't remember what the lore is behind previous Grail wars. Uh, I'm actually uh, not even sure if previous Grail wars happened before so, the one that was created by the three Magi families. But
2: uh, so he mentions, or er, er, Kyrie mentions at the very beginning that
0: there is. Uh, oh right, he did like, say something about that, didn't he?
2: There is a ton of Holy Grails.
0: Or, oh right, uh, yeah he he mentioned th- that there have been this other is th- like objects that were, that the church yes. considered to be grail equivalent.
2: So they, he said this is the 726th
0: holy grail to appear. Yeah, so not necessarily, yeah, so the thing is that uh, the grail war is a very specific thing yes. that was created whole cloth by the three mage families. Yes. But there have been other grails that could have been, well, grail-like objects that could have been obtained.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's potentially possible that she was summoned in conjunction to acquiring those. Um, but, like, not super likely. The Holy Grail War is a specific ritual designed, like, to exploit basically a loop. Like,
0: Yeah, the, that the whole zero out... summoning itself seems to be specifically tied to the ritual of the Grail War.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, everything we find out about the Holy Grail War makes it feel like the mages have basically hacked the structure uh to get access to something that they shouldn't have
0: yeah like they would yeah <laughs> uh which i mean that would that would be on par for mages mm-hmm um it's all just mages trying to just get something they they should not be meddling with uh shiro asked Kyrie, Kyrie about the eighth servant and he seemed surprised by this information He quickly composes himself, though, and he explains that Archer likely maintained himself by continuing to gather souls. Someone else is probably concealing his presence, a Magus who knew about the Grail War but did not become a master. Kyrie says that the old Bakiri could have done this, but he already retired. As a supervisor of the war, however, uh, Kyrie will investigate, um, since he cannot let an extra presence in the war continue to exist. Uh, he tells Shiro to concentrate on Lancer, and he will investigate Archer. Uh, Shiro leaves the church to grapple with a contradiction. If he wants to save Saber from disappearing, he will need to pret- betray her as his father did, and use a command spell to force her to drink from the grail. Because, thing is, if she drinks from the grail, she consumes its magical power, which means she can no longer use it to do what she wants to do. mm mm-hmm. uh, He returns home to find Rin waiting to greet him. She takes him to her room to talk. Uh, Shiro mentions that Saber should never have become a servant, and Rin tells him that her archer said the same thing. He regretted becoming a servant and doesn't want Saber to experience the same thing. Uh, Rin speculates, uh, which, hmm. I I sort of breezed past that, but it is interesting that uh, Archer mentions making a contract and regretting it.
2: Yes, uh-huh. Um, Th- that is one of the things I thought was interesting. Like, uh, uh, So the important thing to know here about uh, the ending of this Fate Route is it almost does more legwork for setting up unlimited bladeworks than it does resolving its own ending.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, Rin speculates that even though Archer seemed to hate Saber, he might have been a knight with some connection to her. She noticed he was going easy on her when they first fought. Shiro finds it odd, though, that Saber didn't recognize Archer. Rin says it's not that weird for a king to not know all of her people, and she probably just forgot him. Rin. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. This entire conversation is just foreshadowing for an entirely different route. I know it's Uh, so good. (laughs) Rin asks what he wants to do tomorrow, and he responds that he'll go on a date. Rin bursts out laughing, saying the idea is great and amazingly selfish. In an uncharacteristically sincere moment, Rin tells him, do your best on the date. I like you guys. <sighs> uh,
2: yeah. This is the moment, I, by the way, where I wrote, uh, this is coward shit, um, because <sighs> they're just straight sprinting away from any of that pre-established tension that was built into that previous sex scene in the search of, like, cleaner, happier
0: resolutions and endings.
2: Yeah, because uh, Grin just...
0: Just, just immediately moves out of the way.
2: Yeah, it, Rin stops existing as a character outside of serving plot functions.
0: Yeah, she is now like, exposition girl.
2: And, like, that's really frustrating. Like, there was an interesting dynamic here, and, like, there is character work to be done, and instead they're just like, eh, what if we didn't bother?
0: Yeah, like, because the thing about these scenes is, like, um, in a different context where, like, that sex scene didn't happen, um, like, I, I really like the line, I really like this line from Rin, um, because yeah. it is her, like, being since, like, being legitimately sincere and emotional, um, towards these two in a way that she almost never is. And, and, like, blatantly showing that, you know, despite her best efforts, she ha- she has become attached to these people. And she and she wants to see them, like, have good lives. But uh, that is, like, that is not the context that we are living in right now. Uh, and it basically just... To, to make that line... Um, like try and work you basically just have to have Rin just completely abandon her own like feelings and attachments to these people too. Uh, or like like she she has to reject her own desires for the sake of the straight the straight boy having his straight romance. <laughs> it,
2: it they needed to have done any legwork at all. Yeah. Like a, a, at all, like any of any indication that Rin was like Exploring or dealing with these feelings post that? No, absolutely not.
0: Yeah. Like the
2: moment that sex scene happened, she stopped existing as a character who has served any function other than plot motion.
0: Yeah, it's it's a real shame, uh, and what makes and it's partly what makes my feelings about this route so messy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, day fourteen. Uh, actually, before I start day fourteen, um, I'm actually going to go ahead and do the voice actors now. Um, okay. Because we uh, did just meet um, Gilgamesh and Kyrie. Uh, so, Gilgamesh uh, is voiced by uh, Tomokazu Seki. Uh, he has a lot of roles, um, but the, the ones that st- stood out to me um, are Nenji Ogata from 13 Sentinels Aegis uh, Rim, a game I really like, um, Kanji Tatsumi from Persona 4, uh, Domon Kashu from G Gundam. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, you will feel his shining finger. Um, Vice from Skies of Arcadia, Daru from Steins Gate, which is maybe the most different role from Gilgamesh that you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nicholas from Grand Blue Fantasy, just a very, a very pure mecha boy. <laughs> uh, a real, uh, a real um, diversity there, of uh, filled with characters yeah. I really like. Uh, then for, uh, Kirie Kotomine, uh, he's played by, uh, Joji Nakata. Uh, this man has also voiced Sojiro Sakura from Persona 5, um, a.k.a. the huh. the coffee shop Bean guy. Dad. Yeah, Bean Dad. <laughs> the, the, the less problematic Bean Dad.
2: Well,
1: mm, I wouldn't um, go that
0: far. <laughs> uh, Luxord from Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Fuck off. Well, 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 the Kingdom Hearts series, I should say, but yeah, he's, he's Luxord. Uh, Soul Bad Guy from Guilty Gear. Fuck yes! (laughs) Hell yeah! (laughs) Fuck yes, dude, that rules! And maybe my favorite, Mm -hmm, Albert mm -hmm, Wesker mm -hmm, from Resident mm -hmm, Evil. mm
2: -hmm. Sorry, I I just have smell of the game stuck in my head. Anything you're saying is going in one ear and out the other.
0: But Yeah, he's also Albert Wesker from Resident Evil. Okay. Uh, so yeah, like, real, real solid list of characters there. Real, Uh, real list uh of shitheads. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Soul rules. Uh, I fucking yeah. love soul. Uh, and I love, I love soul. I love Albert Wesker. Um, great characters. Fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, Albert Wesker sucks in very similar ways that the Kyrie sucks. Honestly, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, all right. So yeah, day 14, uh, Shiro wakes up determined to take saber on a date. Unfortunately, he has no idea what they'll actually do on this date. Fucking useless man. He decides to just wing it and hopes for the best, because that always works. Uh, Yeah, it's worked great for him every time so far. In the living room, Saber proposes searching the neighborhood for Lancer, but Shiro says they're just going to hang out. Saber is confused and Rin tries desperately to suppress her laughter in the background. <laughs> um, that fucking rules. Rin just being a shithead in the back. is Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I should mention this whole time, like the, the art for this scene is like Saber in the foreground, Rin in the background. And like Rin isn't speaking, but like as Saber and Shiro have their lines appear across the screen, you just see her art changing to, like, be more and more of a gremlin trying to suppress her laughter and, like, clearly it's so clearly funny. not wanting to butt in. <laughs> but, it's, uh, it's so good. I love it. Uh, Shiro tries to tell her directly what that they're going out on a date, but Saber is so repressed that she asks him to explain what a date is. Rin gets frustrated by Shiro explaining things terribly, so she interjects. She tells Saber that it's a chance for a man to appeal to a woman he likes. Saber finally understands, but only decides to go because he insists he'd go into town even if she stayed behind. Uh, The two of them go out and board the bus to the neighboring town. Uh, Upon arriving in town, she asks him what he intends for them to do first. He asks her what she wants to do, but she doesn't have enough knowledge of the current time to come to that kind of decision. She scolds him for taking a day of rest without even having a plan. A Shiro counters Fair. by saying, "Yeah." Shiro counters by saying, "If she doesn't want to go on a date, he'll think of something else." Uh, she relents, saying, "He doesn't have to go that far." He takes her hand and takes her to a variety of places, including a boutique, a bowling alley, feeding, burns, feeding birds in the park, and an antique store. However, no matter where they go, Saber remains silent and refuses to smile. For lunch, he takes her to a place that Rin, Rin recommended, the only advice that Rin gave him for their date. Being Rin, the place she recommended is, is much fancier than anything Shiro has experience with, and he has no idea what to order. <laughs> uh, Rin just trying to legitimately... I can't decide if Rin did this knowing that Shiro would be completely out of... Uh, out of his normal experience here, or if she recommended that restaurant because that's where she just normally goes, and she thinks I don't see it's why it like... can't be both. Total, yeah, it could just be both. I, I'm pretty sure it Like, I, I think she is like, okay,
2: Saber deserves to have a nice date. This is a great place for a date. Also, Shiro is absolutely not gonna go this place on his own. Also, it will be very funny.
0: Yeah, Shiro will not know what any of these menu items are. Uh-huh. Um... They both order a simple lunch, and Saber appears content drinking English tea. In one last gambit to make Saber happy, Shiro tries bringing her to the biggest stuffed animal shop in town. Uh, this, this place is a little fraught. Uh, Shiro claims men aren't allowed in, but that's not actually true. He's just terrified of bucking gender norms because he's a fucking coward.
2: This whole fucking scene is insufferable because Shiro is, like, sighing like a bitch and, like, a put-upon boyfriend the entire time when, A, he's the one who fucking dragged her along, and, B, this is the first place she's been where she seems to, like, actively be interested in enjoying herself. Yeah. And he literally is explicitly, like, heavy sighing all the time to the point where Saber's like, do you? Do you want to go somewhere else? It's fine. We yeah, can go cause, somewhere cause, else.
0: Yeah, because he's embarrassed because the other girls in the shop are staring at him. It's like, fucking have... Who gives a shit you're with a hot girlfriend Just let who's actually legitimately enjoying being here? Just it, ignore it's, them.
2: <laughs> it's so insufferable how he is just, like, making the first place she has shown active interest in be something she can't actually enjoy. It, it like, actively made me very upset. This made me almost as mad as Shiro being unwilling to eat pussy.
0: <laughs> uh, he asks if there's an, an uh, he asks if there is an animal she likes, and she asks if it's strange that she thinks lions and panthers are lovely.
2: Uh, no, la- that's the most on par no, thing rules. she can say.
0: Yeah, he laughs at Saber, worrying that that's weird. Uh, as they walk through the store, Saber notices that he's uncomfortable and tells him he should just stop trying to treat her as a woman and go back to treating her as a servant. Uh, Shiro argues he's not behaving any differently than normal, and uh, she suddenly realizes that he's right. From the beginning, he's never treated her like a servant. Um, yeah, mixed. Yeah, so partly he's right, but also partly he is being a dick here.
2: Yeah, I mean um, he's being an asshole.
0: Like he he is behaving fairly normally toward uh, Saber in terms of like treating her. Much as he has since the beginning, but also Saber is right that, like, he is being weirdly reluctant to, you know, enjoy this time with her.
2: Yeah. And, like, on the one um, hand, I and- kind of get it in that it's, like, he is putting so much effort forward that, like, it can be hard sometimes to have fun when you're doing that. But also, like, man, you are being the weirdest fucking dude possible like yeah be fucking regular
0: <laughs> uh despite the date being largely a failure shiro is glad that they were able to spend one day together that didn't involve saber fighting on their walk back home saber about notices that. rub sorry go ahead
2: oh i just said uh, uh, about that
0: oh yeah since
2: that's about to change <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh on their walk back home uh saber notices rubble in the river and remarks that she caused it She used her noble phantasm here, causing the river to temporarily dry up and destroy a ship that was anchored there. Kuritsugu had secretly placed the ship there to reduce the power of Excalibur. Uh, Shiro asks if she had fun today. She says yes, and he says they should go again someday. She shakes her head, saying a day like today is merely denying her own existence as a servant. Shiro, not willing to give up, questions whether she actually wants to be a servant. She is good at fighting, yes, but she doesn't seem to enjoy it. It's not a talent she ever wanted. He begs her to stop being a servant and do something that suits her, but she insists she exists to obtain the grail. She made a contract to obey Shiro, but she did not give him her heart. She cannot forsake her oath as king, and she will not return to being Arturia. Shiro argues that wanting to redo something because she couldn't do it is just childish, self- childish selfishness. Um, I, I've got a lot to say here. I, I will... I will explicitly say when I'm done um, because I want to sort of comment on it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this remark hardens her heart. She tells Shiro that she thought he at least would understand, and if that's all he wanted to say to her after wasting this meaningless, and if that's all he wanted to say to her after wasting this meaningless day, she tells him he has no right to invade her and tell her not to fight when he still needs her protection. It's nonsense for him to lecture her about thinking of herself and, and he cannot, uh, when he cannot do the same. How, quote, How can a fool who does, who does not even know the value of his own life address me so? Did I annoy you? Then I will not mind if you dissolve your contact, contract with me. You do not need the Holy Grail anyway. I will defeat the remaining masters by myself and obtain the Holy Grail myself. If you do not wish to fight, you can go and hide somewhere far away. My only goal is the holy grail. Everything else is unnecessary. You are no exception, Shiro. End quote. Shiro lashes out in anger, shouting that he doesn't care anymore and she should just do what he she wants. He runs from her, but at but for a moment he looks back and sees her standing on the bridge absent mindedly. Okay. I fucking hate Shiro at this particular moment. Um, Just this moment? Well, this moment (laughs) especially, because here's the thing, is that, like, uh, throughout this game, like, there's been a lot of points where Shiro hasn't necessarily been totally wrong uh, about Mm -hmm. Saber, and, like, where it is understandable why he is upset about how Saber is treating herself. And also, in this moment, Saber says things... Sorry, Shiro says things that are also not exactly wrong. In fact, he says quite a few things that I agree with. Mm-hmm. The problem here is that um what Saber needs is not someone lecturing her about
1: her, what emotions? her own
0: what her emotions are and what her problems are. What mm-hmm. she needs is someone to empathize with her and understand her suffering. And Shiro refuses to do that because if he did do that then he would have to admit that maybe he is also wrong correct yeah. and uh-huh. he, he cannot do that um, S- so he instead just yells at Saber uh, in, in a very emotionally vulnerable moment for her when she needs him the most to not do that yeah Uh, Uh, so one thing i do
2: like about this scene is we see saber get mad like yeah saber lashes out and says shit like with intention to hurt
0: yeah i it is incredibly mean uh and like later she very clearly regrets saying some of the things she does but also it is a great scene because it is completely understandable why saber would be so infuriated
2: not only that it's it, not only is it very understandable but also like uh, it is a very human thing to yeah. like lash out when you are hurt in this way and to lash out it, 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 like it is the one of the first uh indications we see of her acting under her own impulse and under her own emotional reaction
0: yeah in, in um, this moment she is arturia not saber
2: yeah which is interesting um and and like yeah sure being an asshole is the thing that brought it out also he's a fucking asshole and like it it is absurd to pretend this is the only way to bring about this degree of emotion in her but like i i like that she gets a moment where she gets to lash out and be like shut the fuck up asshole you do this same shit all the fucking time and you want to lecture me are you for real eat my fucking ass i'm the one doing all the work yeah and, like, uh, again, it's an instance of, like, yeah, she's not wrong. Like, I mean, she she is wrong in spirit in that, like, it is clearly a collaborative effort. She would not be successful on her own in any way. Um, but, like, she's all – the thing she is saying isn't wrong, um, which is part of why the ending um, of this arc really frustrates me because I, we'll get to it.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, as, as Shiro runs home, he realizes he's not angry at Saber. He's angry at himself for not being able to understand her. He made so many promises, but he was unable to save her. Still, he feels it's unfair to Saber, uh, for Saber to say he doesn't value his own life. He's sure Saber's wrong. And even if he's wrong and Saber's right, if she's really important to him, he can never apologize to her. Which, like... That's pretty fucked up to think. God, he's such a fucking asshole. Um,
2: yeah, what I'm, is... I, I'm so glad that Pris has, like, made it clear to us that, like... Yeah, he's... This is, like, not necessarily how Shiro is in the other arcs. Because if it was, I would be so fucking annoyed.
0: Yeah, I think what makes me more angry about that particular line, the whole he, he can never apologize to Saber, is that, um... It's not necessarily that it happens, because I can understand Shiro being the type of person that would think that. um, Mm -hmm. But that the game basically says, yeah, that he was correct about that.
2: (laughs) Uh, Kinda, yeah. I I mean, he does apologize, for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, Um, um, not not really for the thing that he actually did wrong, though. Yeah, I mean,
2: correct. I agree. Uh, But I I think we have very different values than this game, um, and we'll get to it. Uh-huh. Well, then this arc. Uh, uh, I think this arc is going to end up uh, running counter to the other two, based on what we know of them.
0: Yeah. Um, as he ruminates on his anger in his room, he eventually falls asleep. Rin wakes him up from his nap to ask him to make dinner, and she asks where Saber is. He tells her she's probably in the dojo, but she tells him she's asking because she can't find her anywhere in the premises. For some reason, Shiro did not seriously consider that she would fight without him after their argument. Such a stupid bitch. Yeah. Um, However, he finds her still standing on the bridge right where he left her. Um, Which, man, if... That is such a sad scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, just, just because like initially uh when i got to this point i was like oh and this is like where the next fight is gonna happen like shiro is gonna find her missing from the bridge and like gonna have to track down where she's fighting but it's actually almost more depressing that she's just still standing there unsure what to do she explicitly
2: says, like, she has been sit- standing there the whole time because he had told her, do whatever she wants to do. And she literally can't figure out what it is she wants to do or act under her own agency because she's never had to before.
0: Yeah. Uh, in in a in a context where, like, this whole argument is, and the aftermath of it is handled better, I love this scene. Mm-hmm.
2: Shame um. that it's not. <laughs>
0: Uh, she spent the whole time thinking about where she, uh, yeah, so he told her to do as she, she wished, but she could not think of what she wanted to do or where she wanted to go. She spent the whole time thinking about where she should be going. Uh, quote, I am sorry. Please tell Rin she has helped me very much, end quote. Um, <laughs> which breaks my fucking heart. Uh, <laughs> Shiro, <laughs> please give us more Saver and Rin content. I'm begging you. Um, Sh- Shiro insists she should come back home He has her room and food ready for her He tells her he won't apologize And takes her hand to lead her back home uh, They are interrupted by Gilgamesh Who warns Shiro not to take What belongs to, to him uh, Saber tells him She's only guaranteed to block his first Sorry, Saber tells Shiro he's, uh, She's only guaranteed to block his first attack So he needs to retreat As quickly as possible Instead, Shiro rushes Archer to give Saber time to escape. Archer knocks him to the ground, telling him he'll keep him alive until it's no longer the easiest way to keep Saber around. Uh, Gilgamesh questions why Saber resists his advances, saying... Okay, so... This is where we need to put a content warning. Before I forget, Uh, content warning uh, for assault. Um... So... If
2: basically, if we mention Gilgamesh from this point forward, you can pretty safely assume he is going to make a uh, gross fucking remark.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, again, which I don't recall happening in, in the Unlimited Blade Works anime. So it kind of seems like... But also, like, that's an
2: anime. They may have just not made a rape joke tr- in true, the anime.
0: True. I, I am curious, though. Like, it'd be pretty weird if, if the Fate route is the is the one route that contained, like the vast majority of the fucked up gender shit. Uh, um, anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, Gilgamesh questions why Saber resists his advances, saying it should be a woman's joy to be held down and violated. Uh, he tells her he'll give her everything in this world. Saber tells him she does not wish to live with him. Um, Gilgamesh says he'll win the grail and force her to consume it. He already gave the gift of immortality to, quote, the snake, end quote. Um, Saber attacks him, and, Arch- and uh, Gilgamesh is not uh, a good enough fighter to stop her blows. However, his armor is strong enough to take a beating. He eventually reveals a dark red sword that Shiro senses is like a key. Saber rushes forward again to deliver the final blow, but Archer says the words, Gate of Babylon. Suddenly, Archer attacks her with multiple noble phantasms. As Saber retreats, Shiro can see the handles of a seemingly infinite number of weapons floating behind Archer. Um, this is probably the most... Well, other than uh, one that we will get to later in, in the titular Unlimited Blade Works, the Gate of Babylon is maybe the most iconic thing to come from Fate's like one of the most iconic like attacks to come from face day night
2: gate of babylon is fucking sick dude yeah
0: it is it's so cool
2: (laughs) it's so fucking cool uh
0: yeah it's a um, shame
2: that it's attached to gilgamesh who i fucking hate
0: yeah um I, i like gilgamesh in other contexts uh he's he's a fun villain in in other contexts but in this specific context he i hate him I um, hate
2: Gilgamesh because, uh, he is never paired with an interesting villain. He is always, like, the villain in and of his own right, and his motivations are the most boring fucking thing on the planet.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I guess Kyrie isn't a particularly interesting
2: Oh, show. you mean um, murder villain fetish villain. man and
0: yeah. regular fetish man?
2: <laughs> yeah. You're telling me that pair of the two of them is not a particularly interesting combination of villain motivations?
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I do like some of, the, some of the stuff he gets up to in, um... Fate Zero. Specifically, he has like conversation about like what it is to be a king that is like mm-hmm. decently interesting. But yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, he, I, I feel like he he gets under underutilized at times. But uh, apparently, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a, he's a big character in Fate Strange Fake. So who knows? Maybe he's better okay. there.
2: Okay, sure. Is that the one with Ilya, or is that a different one?
0: No, that is that is the one. Um... I don't think it's the one with Ilya. Uh, Fate Strange Fake is the one where, like, there's a Holy Grail War conducted in America. Based oh, off, like, and then the there's Grail another war, I
2: think. double Holy Grail War or whatever.
0: Uh, no, the du- Is it? The double Holy Grail War is Apocrypha, I thought.
2: Oh, okay. I don't fucking remember, dude. I, I don't know this shit. I can't keep it straight.
0: Yeah, um, uh, we'll- we'll get to it, uh, in God's, who knows when. Um, anyway- uh, as Saber retreats, uh, oh wait, no, I already did that part. Um, Saber asks Gilgamesh how he can have so many noble phantasms. He explains that noble phantasms are weapons that a heroic spirits had while they were alive. So these weapons are one he collected while he was alive. At first, this seems impossible, but Shiro soon realizes that myths have common points because they are based on a single foundation. Noticing that Shiro has figured it out, Archer tells the story of a king who ruled when the whole world was one. This king collected every treasure in the world. The weapons there were never used and went to sleep with the king. After his death, the contents were scattered all over the world and became noble phantasms. Archer is Gilgamesh, mankind's oldest king of heroes. Saber readies herself to use Excalibur. In response, Gilgamesh pulls out a weapon even Shiro does not recognize. It's a sword that only Gilgamesh has ever possessed. It has no name, so he simply calls it Eya. Um, That's E-A. The noble phantasms clash. Uh, They're both beam weapons, basically. Yeah. Uh, The noble phantasms clash, causing a massive explosion. Gilgamesh wins the fight, and Saber collapses to the ground, broken and bloodied. Driven by a desire to save her, Shiro flips his switch and floods himself with more magical energy than ever before. He recreates Caliburn again and faces down Gilgamesh. Thankfully, he managed to reproduce Caliburn's memories, too, and is able to predict Gilgamesh's movements, because, after all, Caliburn was once owned by Gilgamesh. Uh, Wishing to not only kill Shiro, but also humiliate him... Gilgamesh produces the original model of the sword in the stone, Gram, the demonic sword of Sigmund. Shiro's Caliburn is shattered by Gilgamesh's Marduk. Uh, Shiro falls to the ground, the left side of his body split from the shoulder down to his waist. Because it's not a proper servant fight unless Shiro's body gets horribly fucked up.
2: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Uh, but with new, renewed determination, he stands up again, even as Saber begs him to give up and value his own life. He finally admits that Saber is right. He really is a fool who doesn't value himself. But what's most important to him right now is Saber. Quote, this wouldn't change even if I valued my life abo- above all. You're more beautiful than that, end quote. Uh, oh, sorry, not not end quote yet. Um, You're more beautiful than that. There's nothing inside me that can take your place, end quote. Uh, he projects Caliburn once more and uses his noble phantasm. Shab- Saber rushes to his side to use the sword with him. But Gilgamesh emerges from the light bleeding, his arm—his armor finally damaged slightly. Startled by this turn of events, Gilgamesh retreats. Shiro mm-hmm. looks down at his mangled body and sees layers of sword blades connecting the separated halves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Listen, at- he
2: is the bone of his sword.
0: Yes, uh... As his body begins to heal again, Saber understands his true nature. He was her sheath all along. Uh, this, And we get a line from Shiro that calls back to Rin's lecture with him. Saber calls him her sheath in the most affectionate that Saber has ever been towards him. And the last thing that Shiro thinks before he slips into unconsciousness is... I wish I could have been her sword instead.
2: And again, we see Chiro we see Shiro making that same mistake Arthur made. Yeah. Like Arthur calling him her sheath is the closest she gets to telling him she loves him before the very ending.
0: Yeah, it's basically it's basically her it's it's her saying you are the most valuable thing to me.
2: You are the most valuable thing that I could ever possibly have. Like, that story about the sheath of Excalibur is explicitly about how the value is the thing that makes you want to put the... or that lets you put the sword away. The thing that lets you no longer have to wield it. It, And, like, that is, A, the things Shiro has continually been trying to do for her, and, B, the thing he literally is. And her stating that she is that he is her sheath is an admission of, like, value that he holds for her, and for him to be like, I wish I could have been her sword is like, like... you stupid motherfucker, how are Uh, you not getting this?
0: Yeah, it's so frustrating. Um, why couldn't we have a better, like, make it straight if you, like, I, I understand why you had to make it straight because like this that's what the audience it was for and also Nasu is also it the can, straightest guy of all time. But like It at can least, be straight, but yeah. like
2: make Shiro not fucking insufferable. Yeah,
0: please just make him like sometimes a a genuinely romantic person.
2: At least he fucking eats pussy. That's all I can say. Yeah, he
0: does eventually figure that out. <laughs> Uh, his consciousness fades, and he slips into Saber's memories once more. He sees the tale of Mordred, a knight created as the other self of Morgan, Arturia's older sister. While Arthur was on an expedition, Mordred led a revolt against the king. This battle was lab- later known as the Battle of Karnlon. Uh Arthur discovered Mordred's betrayal and rushed home with her troops to invade her own territory. Um, the knights who came with Arthur all died, leaving her alone to face Mordred. Arthur Arthur won, but Mordred was bound by a strong curse. They swung their sword even after death, leaving a fatal wound in Arthur. Um, I am saying they deliberately, uh, because I know stuff about Mordred that will come in later fate stuff.
1: Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Shiro wakes to find himself back in his room. Uh, Saber, watching, uh, Saber is watching over him. Uh, Shiro spaces out for a bit as he admires her arms. <laughs> Yeah, she she asks him if his wound is fine, and and says she'll forget about their argument if he's okay. She thanks him and is happy he is safe. At that moment, Shiro hugs her as tightly as he can. He thinks to himself that he wants her to know normal happiness. He tells her he's fallen in love with her and that he won't give up until she changes her mind. And now about not wanting to go back to being Arturia. He suddenly kisses her, and this time they both enthusiastically make love. If you would like to skip our discussion of this scene, skip ahead to 1 hour, 26 minutes.
2: Yeah, they they fuck again. Um, important distinction here, she does not admit to necessarily having feelings for him here, um, and is uh, still operating under the guise of, oh, I use Excalibur, so I, we have to have sex to restore my magic. Um, there is no direct admission of affection for Arturia, and Shiro also spends the whole time doing, like, that whack dude thing of, like, no, you have to explicitly say no instead of waiting for an explicit yes. Um, yeah. Which is just fucking whack and gross. Um, yeah, so this sex scene is, outside of, like, the whack gender grossness that was always present, much better than the first one.
0: Yeah. Um, At, uh, the, at I mean, the very least, both of them seem to actually want to do this.
2: Yes. Um. In terms of, like, it being good porn, it's still bad. It's not good. Yeah. Like, it, it is wildly unerotic. It, it includes the line, My meat expands to its limits, and <laughs> Our meats make a soppy sound. And I... Fucking was cackling. It is so wildly unerotic that it is just so fucking funny. But there is yeah. I also. Much... Uh, mm-hmm.
0: But before you before you go on to the thematic elements, I just want to make a note about the writing itself. Like Saber also acts very out of character here. Yeah. Um. Like she is teasing Shiro in a way that I don't believe Saber would be doing at this moment. Uh, um. Uh... There is, like
2: – so I could see a read where it is Saber able to express the emotions we know she is feeling under a safe guise. Um, but, like, we just haven't seen that from her, really. It's it's weird. It Like, it, it's not completely nonsensical necessarily to me, but it's just, like –
0: yeah, it's just that Weird like, and out of character. Yeah, it's just like some of the lines that she says, um, particularly to her during the blowjob scene, feel more like something Rin would say than Saber. Kinda, yeah. Um, which is weird. Uh.
2: Um, the other thing that I've noticed, or that I noticed specifically about the writing in this scene, is Nasu still has a habit of writing a sex scene that sounds like violence. Like, uh, it, 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 there's an intimacy in this scene, but it, it, there's shit like, uh, I'm holding nothing back now. I thrust inside her with force. Our crotches hit each other. My erect penis mercilessly strikes her. I want to be clear. There is no, like, ellipses or anything there. That's one line after another.
0: Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah.
2: also, uh, I ejaculate inside her as if to shoot her down. And, like, lines like that are prevalent throughout the whole scene. And it's this weird conception of sex as, like... Even during uh, the blowjob scene, several of the lines Saber says uh, are, like, implicit of violence, of, like, oh, this is your unguarded point, or why would I not attack your vulnerable spot? And it's like, man, you got, like, a weird fucked up view of sex, huh? Or at least these two characters do. Yeah. And, like, this is the thing we saw in both scenes. That ax-
0: I-, I like that you brought that up, actually, because I... It'll lead into some stuff I'm going to get into during day 15, because, like, there are more parallels between what Gilgamesh wants and what Shiro wants than I am comfortable with. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Uh, I I don't
2: disagree. Um, But, yeah, like, this scene is, like, there is less going on here narratively and thematically than that first scene. Yeah. Yeah. it, it It is Shiro and Saber physically affirming uh, desire and affection for each other. Um, they're both clearly interested in each other. They fall asleep together. It's it's fine. It's whatever. It's bad porn. It's perfectly acceptable as, like, a uh, physical expression of emotional intimacy. Um. It, I don't know. It's kind of nothing, honestly. Yeah. It, compared to, like the frustrating feast that was the first one. Yeah. There's just not a lot here to sink your teeth into. It's very rote and basic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Shiro does eat pussy, though. It yes. Important distinction here. Shiro eats her out. Uh, she has. She goes down on him first, um, but he does eat her out, and it's like, okay, okay, Shiro, at least you learn.
0: Yeah, yeah, he is capable of change. Uh, even if it doesn't happen very often. Uh, after the sex scene concludes, they have a brief chat about tomorrow. Saber vows to protect Shiro, but he wonders how they can possibly defeat Gilgamesh. For a moment, they lie quietly, contemplating the challenge ahead. Eventually, Saber takes his hand and tells him that they'll come up with a plan in the morning. For now, she'd just like to sleep beside him. Uh, day 15. Uh, Shiro oh, I- wakes I'm up. Sitting back- here and I'm like
2: i feel like y'all should maybe like take a shower maybe clean up afterwards
0: yeah yeah
2: maybe get like a wet rag or something (laughs) brush your teeth
0: do literally anything it's fine it just all magically disappears okay sure (laughs) uh shira wakes up uh shira wakes up at 1 p.m saber is still fast asleep next to him he gets up being careful not to wake her and walks around trying to figure out a way to beat gilgamesh Since Kyrie mentioned he was going to take care of the Eighth Servant, Shiro reasons he might know of a way to defeat him. In possibly the dumbest thing Shiro does in this entire fucking arc, uh, he heads to the chapel, but he finds it strangely empty. Uh, As he heads deeper in, he gets an ominous sensation about the area. Some part of his mind keeps telling him to go back home. Uh, He finds stairs leading to a dark room and heads down. At the bottom, he finds an underground temple. He heads further in and the smell of medicine fills the room. He finds a chamber filled with what appear to be corpses, but they are in fact alive. Um, I'm not going to describe it as vividly as it do- as this game does because it's quite gross, um, but uh, they've been stuck down here, water dripping into their open mouths, swelling their lips and making the jaws on some decompose. Uh, none of them have any libs and all of them are, quote, worn out like rotten trees, end quote. The area brings Mm -hmm. to mind a memory he had of a new story about a man who survived in the stomach of a whale being slowly digested until the whale was caught by fishermen and he managed to escape. Um, This area is slowly digesting something close to the souls of these people so as not to kill the ones it leeches off of, but also not allow them to truly live. One of the bodies manages to notice Shiro and asks him, where am I? As Shiro is justifiably freaking out about this whole situation, Kyrie comes up behind him and taps him on the so- shoulder. Kyrie reveals to Shiro that the bodies here are the other orphans who survived the fire at the end of the previous Grail War, the ones who didn't get adopted and were taken in by the church. Quote, you alone survive once again. Everyone around you dies, but you survive. What do you think? Do you not think, is- do you not think it is unfair? End quote. He explains he kept them alive to feed the servant, but their usefulness has run out. Now all he needs to do is kill Shiro and Saber. Enraged, Shiro turns around to attack Kyrie, but he's suddenly stopped by a spear piercing through his chest. Is it the third time? Yes. (laughs) Uh, It is. (laughs) Kyrie introduces him to his servant, Lancer. Kyrie makes sure Lancer's strike was not immediately fatal as he intends to keep Shiro alive long enough to use him as bait to draw out Saber. We cut to an an interlude where Saber is just waking up, unable to find Shiro. She complains that he has once again gone out alone without telling her. She hopes for a clear sky tonight so she can see the stars and predict predict Shiro's future, a skill she learned from Merlin. As she stares up at the cloudy sky, Rin suddenly interrupts her thoughts, asking her if she knows where Shiro went. Saber hastily gets up, making a suspicious remark about not surrendering surrendering to Shiro. Rin, of course, knows what happened last night. Even if she weren't as perceptive as she is, they were in the same bed when she went to wake them up earlier in the day, and presumably decided to just let them have their moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, For once, Rin decides to make fun of Saber later. She was hoping to get his, to get Shiro's help since Ilya's fever is rising. She won't go back to normal until the Holy Grail War ends. Uh, Rin also reveals she, she figured out who Lancer's master was. She was a foreigner dispatched by the Magic Association. However, when Rin entered her secret base, all she found were traces of blood and a left arm with no command spell. She was also able to de- determine that the bloodstains are at least older than when Shiro was attacked meaning the Master was killed and someone else who's not a Master took Lancer uh, before we actually started playing the game, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Saber says this is impossible, though, since transfers of Command Spells can only be between Masters and Servants. Rin then asks if a Master is still a Master if they have their Command Spell and their Servant, even after the Holy Grail disappears. Saber confirms they'd still be considered a Master... Rin deduces that Lancer's role was merely to gather information, which is why he didn't care about revealing his own identity. Lancer's master has two servants. Uh, Saber, now even more worried for Shiro's safety, asks asks if Rin knows where he might have gone. Rin suspects he could have gone to Kyrie again. At this point, she suddenly gets a vision of the church. She darts out of the house and beelines towards the church. She realizes he's gravely injured and she may only make it in time to see him die in her arms. No mm-hmm. longer thinking rationally, she plows through the church like a wrecking ball, not stopping for anything in her path. She meets Lancer underground, he tells her he used gay, and he tells her he used Ga on Shiro. He did not strike his heart, though, so he will simply bear a wound that cannot be healed until he dies, or until the lance no longer exists. If Sabre wants to save Shiro, she first has to kill Lancer. Uh, Yeah, yeah. not much to talk about here, just a lot of stuff going on (laughs) to get Pretty
2: pretty much. Um, Yeah, it's worth mentioning that, like, uh, the Mage Association sent a, uh, uh, we, my understanding is we basically won't see the uh, Lancers former master at all until we get to the next game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, My understanding is they play a very major part in Hollow Adaraxia and are basically non-existent in this game because they're dead before the start.
0: Yeah, um... Yeah, like, we... uh, I know from watching the first Heavens feel that we never see them there either, and also, we don't ever see them in an Elder Blade work, so this is the most we get from Lancer's master. That makes sense. Um, uh, We return to Shiro's perspective, who is currently enduring unbearable pain. He considers the fate of the other orphans. They are begging him to help, but he has no way to help them. Quote, a superhero only exists to straighten out what has already happened, end quote. Uh, He once denied those words um, from Kiritsugu, but now he is forced to confront them. If he had a miracle he could use to save them, would he use it? Kyrie wakes him up, informing him that Saber has arrived. Shiro now senses that Kyrie also suffered some kind of fatal wound, uh, and he is compensating for it with an unknown power of black corruption. Kyrie orders Saber to stand down if if she wants Shiro to live. He also tells Slancer to stop attacking. Saber, however, does not believe he would honor his words. Kyrie tells her that his job was to determine the winner of the grail. He can summon it in an incomplete form right now, but it will still be sufficient to grant most wishes. He explains the Holy Grail will not appear until there is one servant left, but the vessel in which the Holy Grail will appear is different. It is prepared with a shape from the start, and power flows into it until the grail is summoned. Kyrie forces Shiro to remember the fire of ten years ago, feeding his guilt, hoping to goad him into summoning the Holy Grail to redo what happened. But Shiro rejects this option. If all the events that occurred since then were wiped away, what would happen to the people who experienced that day and lived on past it? Reality cannot be rewritten. Death is painful, but it leaves memories behind that change the people who live on. He tells Kyrie that he does not need the Grail.
2: Yeah, this scene is explicitly Shiro engaging with his, uh, reckoning with the fact that his desire uh, to be a quote-unquote superhero is pretty much entirely a manifestation of his survivor's guilt, and the fact that he feels obligated to do so based on the fact that he, not only that he lived, but that he feels responsible for all of those other people dying because he did not do anything to help them because he was a fucking child
1: Yeah,
2: uh, who was also dying, like... uh, and so there is something valuable in that I think
0: yeah um and, and i i do like this this portion where uh he is forced to confront that and and realize like you know there's like there's nothing for me to redo
2: <laughs> yeah and, and like it, even that impulse to redo it is fundamentally childish um it, it, it is a childish and uh self-obsessed uh notion and it's not like a oh it, it, part of the reason it that ideology works for me is not like a oh we shouldn't try and fix things that are broken but rather like a, it, 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 it. so it, there is an impulse if you were able to do that for once to want to chase that for every ill ever yeah um and like this ties into what uh rin was saying before of like a world without conflict is a world that is fundamentally dead um and to want to continually redo the past to undo every ill that ever happened to anybody is to be unwilling to move forward and to work with what has happened yeah and to live a better life with that in context and so that's why that's why I am actually okay with Shiro being like, no, I'm, I'm not interested in redoing the past. I am interested in moving forward and working to better the world as it is now.
0: Yeah, because ultimately, like, you can redo as much as you want, but redoing things will never, like, the way to fix the world is not to, like, keep redoing things for better outcomes. It is to, like, actually work to fix the root causes of why those bad things happen in the first place. Anyway, and, 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 we're going
2: to throw this out the window when we get to Hollow
0: <laughs> I actually know basically nothing about Hollow Holora- Holo Ataraxia.
2: I do too. All I know is there's a time loop or something.
0: Yeah, it's like an Endless 8 sort of situation.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't say shit like that because then I
0: get hype. At least I think it is. That, that's the impression I got, but I don't, I don't actually know for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope it is. Uh, God, I love Endless 8 so fucking much. Uh, So Saber, watching this play out, is stunned. She thought Shiro had to accept. She wanted to tell him that the disaster was not something he should have to be burdened with. She concludes that Shiro's mind is strong and her denial of his ideals uh, was wrong. Kyrie now turns to Saber. If she kills her master, he will give her the Holy Grail. Um, Saber struggles to understand her own motivations. What truly is the duty that she believes she still needs to fulfill? She realizes that redoing the past so she won't become king is also wrong. It was not a mistake that she became king. There were no regrets in her life. If she wishes for another chance, it should be from the mo- it should be from this moment, not from the past. Saber too rejects Kyrie's proposal. Um, this one for me is a little more fraught. Uh, because um having a king was the mistake.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. But like, so I
2: have complicated feelings of that Cause I think I, I have structural critiques of this arc that are like, like her rejecting, um, going back in time and undoing that makes sense to me both from like a causal yeah, perspective. I like think, yeah, I you think fundamentally that's can't. fine. Yeah. Um, the part where I start to have issues is her being like, and actually it was good. And it's like, mm, 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 hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I go that far, honey.
0: Yeah, like, the the fundamental issue I have with this is something that will be played out at the actual end of, of day 15. Um, but, yeah. like, my issue with how Saber, the conclusion Saber comes to is that um. Yes, it is. She is correct that she should not go back and redo the past. That would be pointless. Um. But when she also concludes, um, that you know, it is good that like the history that happened happened. That uh, like that I fundamentally disagree with. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, because and like that is a core distinction between her and Shiro's a uh, realization. Like Shiro's realization is like, yeah, that was a fucking horrifying event, yeah, but, but it's important to work and move forward. Yeah, and also
0: Shiro uh, had literally no control over that. Like, yes. he, he could not do anything else.
2: Well, and like I I, I mean, even setting that aside for yeah. Arturia, because like her degree of agency is complicated and messy. Yeah. Um. But like. her realization is one of like, oh, it's acceptance. I'm happy with the life I lived, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Being instrumentalized like that should not have been a thing you are satisfied with.
0: Yeah. Like more to the point, like Shiro, Shiro has an opportunity to move past that and, and change himself to be like the person that he wants to be. And not just an instrument of like guilt. Um, Sabre is not going to get that chance, but she is okay with it, and that is what is fucked up to me. I don't even mind her being like
2: okay with her resolution, with it, her recogni- er, recognizing, hey, I, I don't get to move forward any. Like I have reached the end of my story. I, I don't mind her accepting her death. I, I don't mind her being like, this is the ending of my story. I, I get frustrated that. Like, that that past life was something she determines as, like, yeah, that was good, actually. Yeah. Her her having no regrets is frustrating to me because it's, like, it reads as a tacit uh, approval of the way her life had been lived in the first place.
0: Yeah.
2: And, like, I I don't know. I feel weird and uncomfortable with that tacit approval uh, for a lot of reasons we'll get into at the very, very end.
0: Yep. Uh, so, Saber 2 rejects Kyrie's proposal. With Saber now by his side, Shiro begins to heal from Bolg's wound. Um, Kyrie explains uh, he has... For
2: uh, what uh, it's worth, if you don't have enough Saber points, uh, she does kill you, and then is horrified by what she's... Or she does kill Shiro, and is horrified by what she's done, and Kyrie says, Ah, because you're so horrified by what you've done, you deserve the grail. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> weird. Uh, honestly, this scene doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, the the fact that this... That Kyrie can even summon it early. Like, I don't um, think they I mean, I, really explained. I think he's it. lying. Yeah, probably.
2: I mean, like, what he means by summon it early is he can go get Ilya, because we know he can go get Ilya, and bring it here and evoke a partial summoning of the Grail. Like, she still has power. Like, we established that the thing that the Grail is is just power. Yeah. Um, and so, like he can evoke at least a partial summoning of that, which I'm fine with for the most part.
0: Yeah. It it was, it was a little confusing to me is all, Mm -hmm. um, just because of how it's communicated. Yeah. Uh, It's not very clear. So, uh, Kyrie explains, um, he has no desire for the grail, but we, but he will use it if no one else deserving is found. Um, because he's a big fucking liar. Uh, He killed Lancer's master because he did not want outside Magi to discover the nature of the Grail. He contracted Lancer to hasten the fighting um, between servants. He then reveals his other servant, the one from the previous Grail War, Gilgamesh. Since they both shared the same feelings after the last war ended, he continued to obey Kyrie, and Kyrie in turn provided him with food, uh, which is what this whole room of corpses is for. Uh, well, not corpses, I guess. Uh, Lancer is not pleased by this reveal and says he'd rather die than cooperate with Gilgamesh. <laughs> Hell yeah, Lancer, go off. Mm-hmm. Um, Shiro calls Kyrie a liar, but uh, he claims he was telling the truth, uh, saying uh, since he had ordered Archer to stay in the church. Uh, Archer disobeyed and went to attack them, uh, meaning that Kyrie did not actually lie when he told Shiro that he would go to investigate and, uh, and uh, reign that servant in. <laughs> Uh, he just wasn't telling the whole truth Uh, Mm -hmm. Kyrie then explains the cause of the fire Kiritsugu had already defeated him the holy grail was incomplete but full making it possible to touch he touched it and wished for a diversion to separate Kuritsugu from Saber the grail created the fire and when Saber destroyed the grail darkness spilled out of it and onto Archer corrupting him Kyrie uh, Kyrie claims he had never intended for a disaster to occur, and suspects that the Grail itself is filled with blood, darkness, and curses. He simply wished for, quote, people to be gone from that place, end quote, and it monkey-pawed him. He tells them that the Grail is defective and can only grant wishes through the destruction of others. With that, he leaves the room and tells Lancer and Archer to kill Shiro and Saber.
2: Yeah, so this is uh, important to note here, is that um, the thing that the Grail is is basically just a an insentient collection of power that just takes the most efficient and shortest route to uh, whatever the wish is. And it turns out that the most efficient route for a collection of power to take is often just kill, every, kill and destroy everything in the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's very much uh, like it, they even mention equivalent ex- exchange, uh, Full Metal Alchemist style,
2: mm-hmm. uh, and, and which honestly makes sense to me, uh, especially yeah. considering like this is not the holy holy grail. This is a creation by three mage families two hundred years ago uh, that is built out of repeated death and a horrifying ritual, like. Yeah, this being a thing that is just a collection of power and violence, sure tracks for mages. Mm-hmm.
0: Saber tells Shiro to stay close, and the two begin to flee. To their surprise, Lancer attacks Gilgamesh instead of them. Since Kyrie didn't use a command spell, Lancer is not going to obey. He has never had any interest in a second life and is determined to follow his beliefs. For Gilgamesh's part, he also always intended to betray Lancer. He wants the Grail and needs to only kill one more servant to make it appear. And since he wants Saber to himself, it's obvious he's not going to kill Saber unless he has to. Um, I fucking love Kukulin, man. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I, I love Kukulin because I love the legend of Kukulin, but, yeah. like, I also love this Kukulin. He's yeah. great.
0: Yeah, Kukulin and Fate is also very good. Um, once Shiro and Saber make it to the cemetery on the surface, Saber pauses their retreat. She digs her hand into Shiro's wound, restoring magical energy to the sheath inside him to help heal his wound. Saber explains that mm, Kiritsugu... Yeah, Saber explains that Kiritsugu likely likely put Excalibur Sheath inside his body. He had it used as he had used it as a summoning catalyst during the previous Grail War and kept it on his person to help his own survival during battle. When he found Shiro, he had no healing powers to speak of, so he implanted the sheath in order to save him uh, Saber suddenly becomes serious. She realizes Kuritsugu did not actually betray her. The Holy Grail could never have given Saber what she wanted. She could not redo the past, and the Holy Grail should not exist. Shiro and Saber agree they must destroy the Grail. Um, so kind of retroactively, like, I kind of like this moment where Shiro's like, oh, Kiritsugu was actually not a total asshole. Like, in the very end, when it counted, like, he revealed his humanity. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And also, like, I think this is an important affirmation that, like, the desire they have for redoing the past is a childish one. Like, it is a thing that is not actually achievable without violence and without more death. Mm -hmm. Like, it is a systemic understanding that, like, yeah, this, this desire is not a thing you can achieve without inflicting massive amounts of harm.
0: Yeah. Um, the two return home, but are horrified to find a trail of blood. Uh, the shiro quickly traces the trail back to Rin, who's lying severely wounded on the floor. Um, since I had not played Fate before, I was terrified that Rin was just gonna fucking <laughs> die here. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm um but partly because I, like like it, it felt like she was like on the road to being killed off anyway because as you mentioned it feels she like becomes, they cowered it out of killing her yeah
2: it feels like she should like she's even saying like oh i'm gonna go to sleep and i'll wake up a- later uh i'm i'm just very sleepy like
0: yeah which is a classic i'm going to die death now,
2: like possible yeah and then they're just like eh, now we'll bring her back it's fine
0: yeah um she explains that she's already treated her own wounds, but she couldn't prevent Kyrie from taking Ilya. She believes he he knew Ilya's heart was the grail vessel from the beginning. Magi are people with magical circuits, but Ilya is a human made from a magic circuit. Uh, mm-hmm. we will get the proper term for this. Uh, well, I'm not sure. Maybe we get it in Heaven's Field, but I know we get the proper term for this, um, when we get to Fate Zero. Okay. Um, they just don't say it in this in this particular route. Uh, Rin also believes Kyrie is at the Ryudo Temple, as that's the best place to summon the Grail. Finally, she asks Shiro if he intends to fight Kyrie, knowing he can't defeat him. Shiro says he must fight him, even if he's probably going to lose. Uh, Rin gives him a dagger, a magic wand shaped like a sword that you, that's used to form magic circles and affect physical divine mysteries. The word Azoth is carved into the jewel on the handle. It's a gift Magi receive for getting into school. Um, then, before she goes to sleep to start recovering, she gives him encouragement in the most Rin way possible. Quote, This isn't advice, it's an order. If you're going to fight, you have to win. I won't forgive you if you're dead when I wake up. Quote. Um
2: Azoth, for what it's worth, is a... Uh if I remember correctly, it's, like, a universal solvent in alchemy. Uh, it's one of, like, two or, or three like of the most sought-after things in alchemy. It's, like, that, uh, alkahest and uh, gold, basically.
0: Yeah. Um, it's also worth mentioning that Rin... Like, I, I don't think there's really a way you could know this at this point in time. Um, you can maybe, like, infer it. But Rin technically should not have this because she never actually got into mage school yet Um, yes Mm -hmm. yeah so so by all rights this is not something that rin should have at this particular moment but that's also not something that you could necessarily know without having prior knowledge of some stuff Mm -hmm. um after dinner shiro takes saber to the shed for their final strategy meeting shiro wants to give saber her sheath back Saber admits she'll become stronger with it back, but she's concerned about Shiro's safety. However, he believes he's relied on it for too long. Quote, people die when they're killed. End quote.
2: Um. (laughs) Oh, that lot of rules. (laughs) Uh, Like, it it absolutely makes sense. Like it, it is one of those things where it's like in context, it makes sense. It is him stating the obvious very intentionally. Like, yeah, it is obvious I should die when I'm killed. And the fact that I haven't before is frankly a problem. Um, but it's just very funny out of context. Yeah.
0: Uh, he insists that she must take the sheath if they, are, if, I, if they are to have a chance of winning. Saber plunges her hand into his body. Shiro then uses a process similar to projection magic to gather, the, uh, to gather the sheath, which has been melted into his body, into one place and reform its magical energy. Saber then takes that magical energy and gives it shape. With the sheath back in Saber's possession, they head to the temple. They decide that Saber will focus on Gilgamesh and Shira will fight Kyrie. As long as one of them wins, Kyrie and Gilgamesh can't succeed. They ascend the stairs in silence. Neither of them wanting to speak. If they speak, it will be their last conversation. Uh, Gilgamesh meets them at the top. Um, And again, we're going to get into some icky stuff, so content warning for that. Um... Saber asks what he wishes of the Grail, but he insists he has no wish. Uh, His only concern is her. Um, uh, Gilgamesh, so conceited that he apparently does not consider Shiro worth killing, tells him to disappear from his sight and go to Kyrie. Shiro obeys, and he hears a battle begin behind him as he enters the temple. Um, Behind the main temple is a large lake. The clear blue lake has been changed to a sea of black tar. Before him is a void in the sky with a naked Ilya presented as a sacrifice. Uh, Shiro, mm-hmm. this might be... I- I'm hoping that this is the reason that they retconned her to be 18. It's not. You know it's not. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shiro demands that Kyrie let her down, but he refuses. Uh, Ilya must suffer until she dies for the Grail to appear. He explains the black bud raining from the void is not something he did, but rather an inherent property of the grail. Quote, it has been like this from the beginning. Once opened, it will flow out without end and cause a disaster. End quote. Shiro asks him what he could possibly wish from a grail like that. He replies that he wants entertainment. What he likes to enjoy are people themselves. Going into full JRPG villain mode, he explains, quote, People have value only at the moment of their deaths. Using their lifetime to gain momentum, they jump high to dazzle. That flicker is my wish. As you feed on peacefulness, I live by feeding on this planet's light. End quote.
2: Yeah, he goes full Kafka-ass, snuff fetish-ass, scum-ahead. And it's just the most boring fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, Like, the antagonists here in the Fate Route are... So fundamentally boring because we have Gilgamesh, the dude who every third word threatens sexual assault, and you have Kyrie, a dude whose plan is I want to kill everybody because I'm evil. Yeah, he was so much more. That,
0: he was so much more interesting mm-hmm. when he was like deliberately like manipulating the emotional weaknesses of the people around him.
2: Well, especially considering like the core thing that this route says is has been about is like. Uh, the only enemy that uh, Shiro has is himself. And it's like, okay, cool. It would be great if like this ending could like engage with that in any real way instead of being boring and stock.
0: Yeah. You know what would be great? Is if Shiro himself caused this disaster by trying to use the Grail. Like, Hirie manipulates him into thinking that he will get what he wants, um, which is to like live with Saber, if he simply uses the Grail's power. But shiro doesn't realize that the the grail is corrupted so he causes this disaster to happen that would be so much more interesting and also like an actual continuation of what kyrie was before like day 15 Mm -hmm. where he suddenly just turns into a different type of villain
2: especially considering like kyrie's thing being i fucking hate Emiya akira and i want to wreck his kid as vengeance like okay yeah that's an ending i could buy out instead of just like an inhuman i want to kill everybody because i'm a bad man yeah
0: yeah the, the way that this whole thing plays out is the most boring way it could possibly play out um so uh shiro rushes at kyrie but is forced to dodge when black tendrils from the grail lash out at, out at him uh, meanwhile saber and gilgamesh are still fighting gilgamesh is clearly playing with her but saber is becoming fatigued she must defeat him before he starts to take their fight seriously Gilgamesh taunts her, saying that she cannot defeat him, and Shiro cannot defeat Kyrie. Um, If Saber had wanted to ensure victory, she should have gone after Kyrie instead. Um, Implying (laughs) that, basically, she should have just sacrificed Shiro to Gilgamesh to ensure victory for herself. Yeah. Um... Knowing she must close the distance to have any hope of defeating Gilgamesh, Saber dodges one volley of weapons, then leaps toward him, allowing herself to be pierced by a second volley of the Gate of Babylon. This forces Gilgamesh to bring out Ea. Saber immediately lands and charges Excalibur. Uh, We cut back to Shiro, who has had even worse luck. The tentacles are slowly wearing him down, but he's made it no closer to Kyrie. Eventually, his right ankle is covered in the black mud. No matter how many times he gets up, he falls back down when he attempts to move forward. Kyrie traps him with tentacles, wanting to collect the debt Kiritsugu owed him from 10 years ago before he kills Shiro. Shiro asks him why he hates Kiritsugu so much. He says they were too alike, and everything he did got on his nerves. Shiro doesn't believe Kiritsugu was anything like him. Kyrie says it must seem that way to Shiro. Quote, After all, he was a good enough person to let me go. He defeated me, the cause of that disaster, but he did not take my life. You should know that was a mistake, end quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was unpleasant for Kyrie for such a cold-hearted magus to leave him alive. However, Kuritsugu's greatest mistake was thinking the war had ended. Uh, he tells Shiro that Kuritsugu accomplished nothing and pushed the responsibility onto Shiro, Which, he's not entirely wrong. <laughs> uh, no! He's, he's just far, he's just far more, um, like, cynical about it. Like, the real you know, reason Kiritsugu didn't teach Shiro much is that Kiritsugu didn't really want him to become a ma- mage in the first place.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, entirely you can reasonable. very easily, yeah, I mean, you can very easily read that, like, Kiritsugu uh, had a change of heart at the end of the Grail War after seeing all of his desires shattered yeah. and uh, his dreams broken and realizing that, magecraft it only brings harm like it, yeah you can see okay he probably just didn't want this person that he spent everything like down to the thing that he would have needed to re-summon saber if he wanted to continue the grail war he spent to make sure this boy stayed alive like
0: yeah it, it, it's what's interesting about this is that like saber kyrie and shiro all have different different interpretations of who kuritsugu was um, particularly mm-hmm. during his final moments it's fat it's interesting Mm-hmm. Um, one of the few things I actually like about this segment. Uh, so as Kyrie is about to engulf Shiro in black mud, the world, the world itself is engulfed in the light of Saber's noble phantasm. Kyrie then says the words, Angra ma- uh, you, And the world is instantly turned black again. Uh, we return to Saber. She is lost to Ia yet again and is heavily damaged. Gilgamesh wasn't even scratched. She asks him about the sudden flash of darkness. He reveals that Kyrie summoned it, summoned it from the Grail. The Grail contains something that could curse everything in the world. She tries to stand up to go to Shiro, but she doesn't have the energy. Gilgamesh tells her not to bother. She won't make it in time. Soon she'll be showered with the Grail just like he was, and she will have a body in this world. Um, I want to note that I am c- cutting out some phrasing that he uses that I would prefer not to repeat. Uh-
2: yeah, Gilgamesh is very like his phrasing is explicitly like sexual and sexual assaulty. It is yeah. very uncomfortable and gross and bad. Yeah. Um. It th- this game really loves to demonstrate villainhood via sexual assault threats.
0: Yeah, it, like even Ilya does it with Berserker, like that we mentioned, which was wildly out of character for her. Um, yes,
2: uh, Ilya does it. Uh, What's his face does Shinji.
0: it? Shinji, shithead boy, Shinji. Yeah. yeah. Which like when it was just Shinji, it was like. Okay, like. It, it, oh, it, maybe you're doing something. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, uh, Saber knows that being covered in such corruption would cause any servant to go insane, but Gilgamesh seems to believe he alone was able to bear the curse without breaking. I um, actually had trouble determining whether or not Gilgamesh was actually right here, in, in that he uh, uh- still has his sanity. Um, I think
2: that's intentionally vague. I, like, I, I think it is important that there is not, that it is not really clear. Um, if anything, he is still, like, uh, not fully corrupted by the grail because he was already a scumfuck beforehand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Gilgamesh picks her up by one leg and asks her if she will not become his no matter what. She says she belongs to her country. Her body is a king before sh- before she is a woman. Gilgamesh laughs, saying a country is just a possession, and that think and that thinking is why her country destroyed her. Saber retorts, quote, "Yes, you are correct, but King of Heroes, that is why you destroyed your own country." End quote. Uh, Saber gathers her strength and kicks him in the face. He releases Saber, and the two summon their noble phantasms again. Ea is released, but Excalibur fails. She no longer has enough energy to summon to summon its might, and she's swallowed by the light of Gilgamesh's attack, Enuma Elish. Uh, back with Shiro, as soon as he's summoned oh. by the... Sorry, swallowed by the darkness of the Grail, hell imprints itself on his mind. Um, it's kind of hard to really describe what this is, is doing here, but I'll give it my best shot. Um, so, like, these red... Red sentences, like, appear in his mind. Um, the the main one being that I want to mention is, uh, quote, There are five original penalties. Life penalty, body penalty, freedom penalty, fame penalty, fortune penalty. Give the penalty that extends so much punishment, mud, darkness, and malice. End quote. Uh, every possible crime and sin begin to fill Shiro's thoughts. This is the same- uh,
2: One thing I- Go ahead. One, oh, one thing I want to mention about this scene uh, as a function is um while you normally are controlling the pace by which uh like text is scrolled through, you do not have any control here. Yeah, it cycles through entirely at its own pace. you cannot move forward faster. you cannot like scroll back. it moves at its own pace.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it uh, like control is
2: entirely removed from you
0: mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, this is the same curse that killed Kuritsugu, uh he realizes. Surprising Kyrie, uh, Shiro leaps from the mud with renewed determination. Kyrie tells him that Saber was already defeated, uh, but he still. Uh, but Shiro realizes that he's lying, because he still has one command spell left.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we return to the activation of Enuma Elish. Uh, it turns out Saber intentionally did not activate Exc- Excalibur. Instead, with her sheath restored, she takes the attack head-on, rushing closer to Gilgamesh. Now she activates Excalibur, but its beam alone won't be enough. With the small space it creates, she takes one more step toward Gilgamesh. We cut back to Shiro, uh, who is again enveloped by a curse from the Grail. It attempts to destroy his mind and take his body soon after, but then he hears Sabra's voice, saying, You were my sheath. A light appears in the darkness, and his mind accelerates. Trace on, he murmurs. Skipping every step of the manufacturing process, he recreates Saber's sheath. Golden light pours from it, destroying the darkness. Simultaneously, Safer Saber also reveals the sheath, repelling all light from Ia. It is a sheath that blocks all matter in this world. Even the five sorceries cannot infringe upon it. It is called Avalon, All is a Distant Utopia. The place where King Arthur is said to have gone after his, after his death, uh, which that is a sick as hell title for a thing. Uh, yeah. So
2: an important thing about Avalon is it is a manifestation of like the uh, impenetrability of uh, King Arthur as like uh, king versus person, um, like it, it, the perpetual and permanent isolation of Arthur uh, fr- um, personhood is manifested as Avalon in the way it's described, as specifically, like, removing all things and being an impenetrable barrier, because it deci- it basically declares that nothing can approach what is in its barrier. Yeah. Um, and, like, I I think that is interesting. The ultimate protection of Arthur being uh, that self-isolation is very sad. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, but also works as... As what those uh, noble phantasms are, as like uh, metaphors for their stories in and of themselves. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That works for me. Uh,
0: the, however, uh, is the utopia that Arthur dreamed of that will never be reached. Um, Gilgamesh can see his death approaching, but cannot stop Aya. He um, he can't cancel out of his noble phantasm. Uh, should it? Should he use a? This, sadly, dust does not exist for Gilgamesh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> Saver releases her armor And puts all its energy into her sword For one last blast Her sword, her sword's light cleaves Gilgamesh in twain uh, Having escaped from the curse Shiro rushes towards Kyrie And stabs him with Rin's dagger uh, In what is honestly a pretty sick move He then spins around Concentrates magical energy in his fist And punches the hilt of the dagger Further into Kyrie And shouts Rin's release word Lost Um, magical energy gathered gathered by Rin releases all at once inside Kyrie's body. With his last breath, he recognizes the weapon, uh, saying he had given it to some girl on a whim ten years ago.
2: Uh, yeah, so it is an item that was given originally to Kyrie from Rin's dad, uh, and then he gave it to Rin.
0: Yeah. Um... With Kyrie dead, the power binding Ilya is gone, and she is now sleeping by Shiro's side. Saber arrives and merely says, I will destroy the Holy Grail. That is my role. Destroying the Grail of her own free will will break her contract. She will disappear and never again be a servant. As much as it pains him, Shiro uses his last command spell, um, not to force her to do it, but to give her the power to do it. Um, mm-hmm. the grail is destroyed and the void vanishes before she disappears. She says her last words, Shiro, I love you. Um, yeah. before we talk about that, let's cover the epilogues. Mm-hmm. Um, the first epilogue, uh, is, uh, how two months later. Um, yes, two months. Later. Yeah. In the shed, Sakura wakes Shiro up. He asks Sakura to take care of breakfast since, you know, he slept in a late. Uh, as he goes outside, he meets Ilya, who's mad that she lost the race to wake up Shiro. Apparently, Taiga insisted on Ilya staying at her house instead of Shiro's, but Ilya still insists on coming over for breakfast, or d- breakfast and dinner. Sakura had briefly been depressed after learning of Shinji's death, but becoming friends with Ilya seems to have lifted her spirits. Taiga, however, has mostly been getting harassed by Ilya.
2: Uh, Yeah, which is very funny. Yeah.
0: Um, Shiro confirms... uh, uh, So Shiro starts going to class, and he meets Rin on the way to school. Uh, He observes that they seem to be meeting up more often now, but Rin claims it's only a coincidence that they never saw each other much before. Shiro, however, tricks her into admitting she's been getting up 30 minutes earlier than usual. They make small talk as they walk to school together. Then Rin suddenly remarks that she thought he'd be more depressed. He admits that at the time, he was about to go insane just thinking about the future, but he was fine the very next day. At first, Rin was concerned if he was really okay. Um, Shiro, however, realized that uh, their parting contained everything he wanted to do and everything that she dreamed of. He will remember her for the rest of his life, but he has no regrets. Um, we then flash back to the aftermath of king arthur's final battle her last loyal knight lays her body by a large tree as he turns to leave to bring their troops arthur calls out his name bedivere she tells him she was having a dream bedivere tells her to be at ease and rest she asks him if she'll be able to see the same dream if she closes her eyes again yes he lies for the first and last time to his king if you strongly desire so, you should be able to continue watching the same dream. Arthur tells him to throw her sword into the lake. He disobeys twice, then on his third visit, finally throws it back, knowing that once he does so it will meet the end of Arthur. A white hand receives the sword and it vanishes from the world. Bedivere r- reflects that in death he sees in Arthur what he has hoped that he has hoped to for so long peace. uh yeah and yeah that's the end of the fate route
2: do we want to say what the, or do you want to know what the uh last episode in realta Nua happens or do you want to just save
0: that until we're all the way done um do you think it's important to to know before we yes okay
2: it, it, i mean so I, I think it is important in at uh, it uh I think it is relevant, but I think it is something that could wait, and it may be worth talking about this in the context of just this arc alone. Okay. Um, Rather than knowing what uh, the last episode said.
0: Okay. Let's do it now, then, if if that's what you feel.
2: Okay. Uh, So, uh, I haven't played the last episode yet, uh, because obviously we haven't done all three routes, Uh, but basically what happens is uh, Saber goes to Avalon after her death, Wait, several centuries to see Shiro again. Shiro endures many tribulations in his life and never stops believing that he will find Saber. After he dies, Shiro and Saber are joyously reunited in Avalon. Um, Which is interesting and I think relevant in part because A, it it will be important uh, for reckoning with what happens uh, uh, in Unlimited Blade Works. um, Because that implies a very different ending for Shiro. Uh, then what happens there
0: yeah um, yeah it does uh, it also takes a lot of this and, and this is not a complaint but it takes a lot of the sting out of how
2: uh, it, it is, is a ends. complaint for me I think it's bad I I, I dislike that because I think the uh, sting is mandatory for this ending to function uh, because Shiro's resolution here is uh, his his whole final... Arc and resolution here is an acceptance of the things that he cannot change, a willingness to move forward and build a life uh, it, that improves and is better afterwards. And his resolution being, uh, and he never let go, and believed he would meet a person who is dead for several centuries before he was alive. Uh,
0: so wait for did, the rest of his life. So here's the thing: Did does the does the Avalon ending? imply that he knew that would happen if he did a specific thing?
2: I don't know. I I am just literally reading what is off on the wiki.
0: Because that is... That is very different from, like...
2: You know, Uh, living your life and being
0: rewarded.
2: It it specifically says, never stops believing that he will
0: find safety. Oh, okay. Alright. That is different. Uh,
2: And, and like... Yeah. and, And, like... I'm not even necessarily opposed to it, but, like... For his arc to be so fundamentally about accepting that the past has happened and moving forward and building a life from that point, him being unable to move from that past and returning to it in death is, like, fundamentally really sad to me. Like, I mean, that's great. I'm glad he gets a happy ending. But it's, like, structurally, that's, like, weird and kind of a bummer, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think I'm coming at it from the perspective that, like... Um, obviously fate is not the only route. Um, but it, it, and I don't know, maybe, maybe this is directly addressed by the other endings, but the, the fate route is a incredibly dissatisfying route to me, um, from multiple p- perspectives, but like a lot from the perspective of like, I I actually care about Saber a lot, more than I thought I would. Mm. Um, Mm. If if I can be emotionally vulnerable for a second here. Sure. Um, I've always been kind of a sap um, Mm -hmm. for romantic storylines. And I, I remember like one time, I think it was like, gosh, maybe 10, 12 years old, something like that. I remember reading a like, one of the Animorph prequel novels. This will just sound totally ridiculous. Oh, which one? Uh, it was the one, like, about the first Andalites that came to Earth.
2: Oh, that one's fucking rough, dude. The only one word yeah. rougher is the Hork-Bajir one. So, okay,
0: so you know the context of this is where I'm going. uh uh-huh, yes, but 100%. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, in that book, um, one of the Andalites falls in love with a human woman. Um, uh-huh. and at, during the course of the novel, she gets killed. Um... And I remember just absolutely breaking down and crying so badly that my mom came into my room to ask me if I was okay.
2: Oh, honey. Uh, it,
0: was, it was really bad. Um, and, like, in, in, in some sense, like, I, I don't care about Shiro that much. But I do care a lot about Saber, um, which really does say something about, like, as messy as the Fate Root is, it does say something good that I was able to care about Saber enough that I was genuinely distressed, um, specifically by this epilogue. Um, Mm -hmm. because she spends basically her whole adult life, uh, being a king and sacrificing her identity for that and she gets like two days to be happy that's like well that's it um and like that's it is intentionally bittersweet, bittersweet. um but also like if if, the, if if the fate route was all this game was uh I would be very upset um and I It was legitimately hard for me to get to sleep after I finished playing Mm -hmm. this. Because I I finished this route like an hour before I was going to go to bed. And I had to tell myself like Brain, please start please think happy thoughts or I'm not going to be I'm going to be so tired when I go to work tomorrow. (laughs) So that is is the emotional state that I am coming to this with.
2: Yeah, so I So I'm not necessarily thinking rationally about it. That I mean, that's fine. Like that is entirely fine. Like uh, the creation of a work is like sixty percent in a reader's brain. So like your reaction to it is entirely valid. Um, I had a slightly different reaction to it. Uh, I I don't I actually perfectly am happy with a lot of bittersweet endings. Uh, my issues with it are uh, thematic more than anything else. Um, with regards to it being a bittersweet ending, um, I'm partly okay with it because. Uh, She is King Arthur, uh, is the thing. Like, there is no ending that is happy for King Arthur. The narrative of King Arthur is one that is fundamentally of tragedy. And the happiness that, uh, the joy that comes from King Arthur is that he is the once and future king and will return again. There is no happy ending for King Arthur. And dying in peace is the most that you get in that myth. Um, and that that is a deeply sad thing. I, I, and so my issue is not that she reaches a sad conclusion, but rather that the story wants to pretend that it's not a tragedy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, like, that is part of where my frustration comes from. Her entire life she was instrumentalized. She was dehumanized. She was turned into a function rather than a person. And we're supposed to pretend like that is satisfying and a happy ending. Like, I, I get her being making peace with her past, but I don't see why Shiro has to accept that past. I don't see why I have to accept that past and not be upset for her. The fact that that, the fact that she was hurt by that past and chose to accept it doesn't mean I have to be happy with the fact that she was hurt by that past. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so like the ending itself being tragic, I think both makes sense and also is mandatory in order to keep the integrity of her being King Arthur. If that makes sense. Um, both like fictionally and also thematically, I I, I think it's to a degree mandatory. Um, but the narrative wanting me to pretend that that is a satisfying resolution is deeply frustrating because a, a lot of this story, it, it, let me, sorry, I have like four pages of notes because I wrote a uh, literal essay uh, trying to navigate through my uh, feelings about it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: <laughs> so... Uh, Okay, so, uh, like, thematically, for the narrative function, Victoria has to die. Otherwise, it kind of undermines the entirety of her life. And for her to not die is tantamount to doing the thing that both of them affirmed they are not interested in doing, uh, which is rewriting the past and erasing the efforts that they have put forth and that other people have put forth and moving forward. Um, Okay, sure, I'm with that. Um, Shiro, however it is reaffirming this self-destructive desire that both shiro and saber has which is deeply disconcerting of like continually decentering themselves and recentering the desires and safety of others because like shiro is like oh yeah it's like a a relatively satisfying ending it's like uh shiro continually wants to self-sacrifice everything he has for other people and saber does the same thing and that is supposed to be like this satisfying final ending but it's never really reckoned with ever um and i think at this point we probably also need to talk about spoilers for unlimited blade works
0: yeah uh, because like one of the one of the things i have uh, one of the big things i have a problem with in, in the fate route is that it implies that if saber were to want to have a brief reprieve from being a servant to like Not necessarily change her past, but to just, like, live in the world in peace for a time before she has to, like, go back and, you know, complete the inevitability Mm -hmm. that is her death, is somehow... would somehow be a moral failing.
2: I'm, like even fine with them being like hey we don't we would like that but we don't have a choice because the only two ways to do about to do that are consume the grail or consume souls and both of those are fucked yeah um I, i'm fine with them being like we want that but we don't have a choice but instead shiro's like oh no i'm i'm like i have no regrets i'm happy with this ending and so is saber and it's yeah like,
0: like neither it's not like they it's not like they go uh you know it well clearly we can't do this but is there a is there some other way that we can resolve this, that like, can give us at least that, you know, moment of peace that we are wanting to have. And they, they don't just let investigate it be that. Like, they, they just say, nope, this is just how it has to be.
2: Or well, even if it's like, we don't have time to investigate, like, let it be tragic. Let there be tragedy. Let this be sad. Like, it, 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 to a degree, this is a story about accepting death. Like, this route is entirely about accepting Kiritsugu's death, about accepting the death of Saber, like, uh, accepting the death of the people who were around Shiro when he died. And, like, death is sad. Death of the people we care about is tragic. Yeah. And we just skip over that sadness. We skip over that tragedy. They are unwilling to let Shiro be sad and be upset.
0: Yeah, like, they there's there's never... They don't even really get time to like, have a moment together to reckon with the fact that, you know, they are going to have to like, Saber is going to basically have to kill herself. Uh, Rin even says during that
2: epilogue that, like, hey, man, it's kind of weird that you're, like, entirely fine. Are you, like,
0: good? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm actually not all that bummed. It's fine. Yeah, which, like, I feel like I was more bummed out than Shiro was. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well and also like if shiro did express like i am unsatisfied with this ending i want to find her again i would even be more happy with that rialta new ending because then it's like yeah he chased this for his life and then found her again and like yeah it's kind of thematically counter but like okay you know what yeah i get that i get that tragedy i get that desire to seek that whatever fine it can be a love story yeah but like they're unwilling to let us sit with that tragedy and let that tragedy hit in desire for ha- or wrapping a bow on an ending and for a story that the that is this messy, wanting to resolve it neatly like that is
0: cowardice. Yeah, let, let it be messy. Let it be tragic. Yeah, I think you explained that sort of like I I helped me sort of wrap my head around why I reacted in a specific way I do because like I don't I don't always get this upset about bittersweet endings. Like I fucking love um uh Arrival um that sci-fi film that came out uh. Mm -hmm. a few years ago Uh, that one also has a very bittersweet ending Uh, yeah that
2: ending's very sad yeah
0: but I fucking adored it Um, and I did not have the same upset feelings that I did with this Um, because I I, I do feel they they did explore that tragedy properly uh, in Arrival Mm -hmm. Um, which hey if you haven't seen Arrival go see Arrival it's an incredibly good film (laughs)
2: It's a very good movie. It's a very upsetting movie. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, absolutely. I, I bawled my eyes out in the theater. Uh, I was wa- I, I was watching it. <laughs> I actually went to see it in the theater with my best friend because we both really like sci-fi movies of that caliber. I was not expecting to cry as much as I did. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and my best friend, after we uh, came uh, walked out of the theater, he was like, you okay, man? <laughs> I'm
2: like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh I... Yeah, the, <laughs> the ending of this is, like, unsatisfying because it wants to be too satisfying, yeah. is, like, the best way I can think of describe. it. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, And, like, uh, on a structural level, this ending is very unsatisfying to me because it affirms and, like, it affirms that the desire of Saber and Shiro to be self-sacrificing to the point of self-destruction as, like, if not a good thing, then a beautiful thing, at the very least a beautiful thing yeah. to like aspire to. Um, and that is deeply frustrating and it never really reckons with the self destruction that comes from it. Yeah. Um, which is part of why I'm like, part of why I'm excited for heaven's Feel is because I know for a fact that that one explicitly engages with that self destruction. Um, or, or at least that is my understanding of what I have read and that finally being addressed is something I am eager for. Um, We should also talk about this in context to Unlimited Blade Works. Yeah,
0: because the interesting thing is that Unlimited Blade Works is the only route I know fully from Fate Stay Night. And, like, having the context of the fact that it's supposed to come after Fate, like you are supposed to read Fate first, like...
2: Makes so much sense. Yeah, I now understand
0: why Unlimited Blade Works was doing the shit that it was doing.
2: (laughs) So, uh, yeah... We are going to be talking explicitly about uh, Unlimited Blade Works spoilers here. Uh, Would you be willing to put timestamps so folks know when to skip to? Yeah, because
0: we are obviously going to be covering UBW in full. We're going to be doing days... uh, Yeah, three through... Yeah, we're going to be doing days uh, three through five for our next recording. Uh, But yeah, we we are going to briefly talk about spoilers for the full thing. So I'm going to just leave a moment of silence here so I know where to... you know insert something afterwards. If you want to avoid unlimited blade works spoilers, skip ahead to 2 hours 38 minutes.
2: Okay, so the thing is in unlimited blade works uh if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you've already you already know what happens in unlimited unlimited blade works uh Archer is Shiro from the future come back to kill past Shiro and basically with the same objective and goal that Arturia had, but more self-destructive and violent and more honest about what it will take to do that. Uh, And like, again, we have almost this reaffirmation of, uh, no, that's not quite right. Um, it it is a rejection of that desire to change that past, uh, with Shiro basically explicitly saying, uh, that even if it leads to his self-destruction, that that is still a desire that is worth chasing. And it's almost an affirmation of what, uh, Uh, Saber does here, which has me not necessarily concerned, but curious how it plays out in the actual visual novel.
0: Yeah, because like I remember one of my frustrations when I was watching the Unlimited Blade Works anime is that like Archer, Archer's main beef with Shiro is he kept trying to tell Shiro like like look if you keep going down this path, you will regret regret it. I know that because I literally am you i lived out everything that you did and i hate that i did what you are going to do and say, and shiro keeps telling him well no it's going to be different and uh, uh, are, no and, i i and, i have a very different
2: reason <laughs> oh really yes uh, i don't think shiro thinks it's going to be different i think shiro thinks that that is or that that regret is wrong uh, I think Shiro's rejection is not that he thinks it is going to be different. I think he thinks that, despite knowing that he will have that regret, despite knowing that he will reach a tragic end, because he will take care of other people, that uh, that is an ending that is still worthwhile. And that that is something still worth chasing, despite what ending he will come interesting. to.
0: Interesting. Maybe it's just because maybe it's just because of like how. I'm not, I'm actually sure exactly what the reason was, but I remember whenever, like, Archer and Shiro would have those arguments, it always seemed to me like Shiro was just saying, like, you know, rip to you, but I'm different. Like, when I do it, it's going to turn out better. And then not, and then Archer's frustration was like, Shiro never really, you know, uh, Shiro never really, like, coming to grips with the fact that he is just going down the exact same path and no it's not going to be different so it it, i'm i'm curious to see how i got that read from the anime whether it was a translation Uh, it's possible
2: i it's entirely possible i misread it um but yeah my my read on it was always that um shiro uh, shiro was not so much saying it will be different for me so much as he was saying it will be uh it will be worth it even if i don't think so at the end uh, the me right now thinks that uh, ending up where you were is a worthwhile price to pay for the uh, safety and care of other people. Yeah. Uh, and, like, that is part of what uh, Archer specifically hates is that self-destruction and the fact that it leads him here. Uh, I I think, like, my gut is, I think that that read is at least something I will still find because uh, that ties very heavily into, like, What we have seen of Shiro in Fate so far, like that same impulse, that same self-affirmation of like, it will be worth it for my, or my self-destruction is worth it for the safety and care of others. Yeah. Um, I I
0: remember, I remember at the end of Unlimited Blade Mm -hmm. Works thinking like, Archer was still right. (laughs) (laughs) That like, Shiro Um, is making a mistake.
2: (laughs) I think they're both wrong is like the thing, I guess. I think they're both fucking idiot assholes because they're both Shiro. (laughs) True. Uh, I, I mean, like, that's, like, my issue with Fate as a whole, is it It does this rhetorical trick of presenting a singular premise and presenting or prevent, pretending there's only a couple of options when, like, there's actually a wide variety, yeah. and, like, I can say, I think you're both wrong, and, like, not be incorrect. Yeah,
0: no, I'm partly being facetious, because Archer also says some whack shit, but...
2: <laughs> yeah. And, like, I... I mean, it's not even, like, the a, centrist, a like, middle... Uh, I think there's a middle ground, but rather, like... I, I think there is justification in Archer being, like, yeah, I fucking ruined my whole life and it damned myself to an endless hell uh, for a thing that was not worth it. This is not worth the price I personally paid to be trapped forever and suffer like this. Um, and Shiro, And for Shiro to say, as, like, a naive kid who has not experienced that hell yet to say i am still willing to pay that price like yeah okay that that makes sense uh, i feel like i feel like there's maybe other options here yeah. i feel like you could like maybe do something like hey you know this is an option you can take a different route homie it's cool <laughs> you can maybe find ways that are better um yeah and so I, i'm curious what i'm going to think of unlimited blade work in the context of like we've seen this play out uh, with Shiro looking in at someone else's perspective and like for Shiro to then be the one in Saber's perspective and know how much he fucking hated it when he was anyone other than the person it was happening to is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it'll be the first time I'm, I'm, I'm like knowing unlimited blade works with the context of fate. So I'm really curious to see if my opinion about it changes, changes it changes at all. Um, I'm mm-hmm. also curious to see like because uh, Unlimited Blade Works it is a um it is a route where Rin gets some gets more focus um so yeah yes. I'm curious to see how how that also plays out in the visual novel um also <laughs> one thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about the epilogue of, of the fate route is that um because my only knowledge of the of the roots was with the anime uh the and the unlimited blade works anime ends with the uh like basically the the quote-unquote true rin ending um yeah i for some reason had assumed that the ending of the fate route is the one where Saver stuck around (laughs) no oh no (laughs) which was definitely not the case No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Apparently, uh, that is a different ending. Um, Uh, What I will say is, seeing
2: the ending of this route, it immediately makes sense why the one where Saber sticks around is the good ending and not the true ending. Like that, that immediately tracks to me why that distinction is there.
0: Yeah, because like saying "good ending" and "true ending" immediately makes a value judgment about the quote-unquote canonicity of those endings
2: yeah and like i mean to a degree we know it makes sense to me why you would say the ending where she does not stick around is the true ending because like we we see why she cannot stick around in this ending like or or, or let me rephrase whether or not we agree this arc makes the case why she cannot stick around yes yes setting aside our personal uh, opinions on that <laughs> it makes its case and positions why it believes that hair sticking around is not the true ending
0: yes that is that's is definitely the case
2: um and so yeah that distinction makes sense to me
0: yeah uh it's also why i ha- i have a feeling that my opinions about the endings are uh are not going to be in line with a lot of Fate fans. But also what else is new? I also thought Fate Extra was really good. <laughs> the Fate Extra I mean, anime, yeah. I should say. Uh
2: yeah, I'm I'm curious what I'm going to think about the endings of Unlimited Blade
0: Works. I'm very curious. Uh yeah, I have decided I was originally going <laughs> to just, you know, cover like the the Rin route, like the the true end uh-huh. Rin route. Um
2: did you did you really think you were ever gonna just cover the? I I knew you were gonna cover both. There, did you not know? There
0: there was a brief moment in time where I deluded myself into thinking I wasn't going to be a completionist about this. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But the the epilogue is what made me like be honest with myself. So um, I have actually created like a little um, notepad document for myself, uh, uh, diagramming out which choices uh, I should be making for uh, each ending route um, to cover the most that I reasonably can in terms of variants within Unlimited Blade Works. So uh, I'm going to be writing a lot.
2: (laughs) Uh, Like I said, if you need me to be taking notes at some points, let me know. I can, since you will be playing far more than I will. I'm just going to be covering the Rin route uh, because I... I'm gonna I'm gonna be real with y'all. I do not have the time to cover both. And if like, li- I, I'm going to be honest with y'all. If I were to start doing uh, both routes, my perfectionist brain would go, "Oh, I need to hit every single Tiger Dojo." though Oh
0: yeah, yeah, uh huh.
2: Like, if I start that, I, I have to. Like, it's like when I play an RPG, I have to say, "Oh, I'm not doing side quests anymore because otherwise, I will not finish the game." Uh, if if I start do it going, "Oh, I will have to get both endings," I will say. Well, I have to get all endings if I want to do my really thorough critical read.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, I don't care about any of the Tiger, tiger JoJo's, so I'm perfect for this.
2: D- yeah, no, that that's fair. Um, I, I, I just, I know me, and I know I do not have the time for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, um, but yeah, like, I guess now is a good time for, like, final thoughts. What do you think about yeah, was the say. fate route in isolation?
2: Um... I am, okay, so, I think the writing is better than I thought. I am disappointed by the way a lot of core themes and ideas kind of fell to the wayside by the ending, but am interested to see if they get picked up in later arcs and engaged with. I am deeply unsatisfied with the way this story handles gender and uh, sexual dynamics. Um, I think it's super fucking gross. Uh, I think Nasu should stop
0: writing porn because he's very bad <laughs> well, good news. After this uh, game, we yeah, won't uh, have to worry about it anymore. Thank Christ, I never have to read the words bur- boiled pussy. Again. Yeah, we've still got five more to get through, though, in this game alone. Fuck me. Um, in terms of, like, theme and
2: core idea, I think in a vacuum, if this was the only part of this game that existed... I would be deeply unhappy and find the core ideology of this route kind of repugnant.
0: Yeah, cuz one thing I that I was noticing um, as we were as we were doing these analyses is that like we had a, like a, a lot of structural stuff to talk about like in that prologue plus first 3 days. Um, and the game the fate route at least kind of doesn't give a shit about that at all. Like it doesn't care about no. the underlying structures even a little bit. No. I think
2: that's just us being communist. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, 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 unironically, I think that's, yeah, uh, us bringing our biases towards, like, yeah, man, it's structural. Uh, but, like, it, the bones are there, and it's, like, uh, okay. So what I know of Unlimited or of Heaven's Feel is it does touch on that some. I don't know to what depth. I don't know if we're going to be satisfied with it. So I am like holding out hope that Heaven's Feel is the one that will resolve a lot of those issues I have. But like, if this was the sole arc of this visual novel, I would be deeply unsatisfied and find it its resolution that like, yeah, actually, um, it, it is a beautiful ideal to strive to, to self-sacrifice just
0: to the point of self-destruction. Yeah. Um. Given how much Heaven's Feel tends to be talked up. I am curious to see if it actually holds up. <laughs> uh,
2: I think if I like Heaven's Feel, it will be for a very different reason than most of the thre- <laughs> than most of the fans liking Heaven's Feel. Yeah. <laughs> but like you, your endings on or your opinions on the endings of Unlimited Blade Works, I think is going to be me on Heaven's Feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What about you? What do you think of the uh, favorite? Yeah,
0: I I largely agree. I think it is. It is a it is a root that on its own is deeply unsatisfying it's 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 very very messy um but it forms a pretty solid skeleton uh for like what I hope the other roots will be um which yeah is I, I a, think a deeper like um mm-hmm. investigation of like the things that the fate route sort of touches on.
2: Yeah, I think it being unsatisfying works because there are two other routes to then satisfy that sensation of dissatisfaction, especially in the context of this being the first ending that or the first ending you're supposed to get. Yeah, um, it's the most straightforward. It's pretty clean. It's pretty stock. It's also the only it provides... one you
0: can get at the start like it, oh is it the only one you can't? Yeah, I, I didn't Yeah, know that. from what I understand, like fate actually fate actually railroads you into doing the fate route first. I don't think you oh, even that, that's actually I good. don't think you even can do the other routes until you finish fate.
2: Uh, like straight up, I wish I had not seen Unlimited Blade Works before
0: I played this. Uh yeah, in uh, I'm I'm almost feeling a similar way cuz I feel like I got I, the wrong impression from unlimited blade works when i initially mm-hmm. watched, uh, it.
2: like i i think the context of fig even for the anime feels really necessary
0: um, yeah because i'm looking at for what i'm looking does. at this flow chart here um and like one of the requirements for even getting the decision that leads you to the unlimited blade works branch is like a flag that is only tripped once you clear the fate wars oh huh.
2: interesting Again, makes sense. It, it that's how it should be. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree though. I do find this ending pretty unsatisfying, um, both because like it just doesn't answer or resolve a lot of the issues I had, or provide a catharsis that I thought was particularly good. But it also tries to tell me that like, yeah, it's actually good that this it it, it is afraid to be a tragedy. Yeah. Um which is a shame because tragedy is perfectly acceptable. It's okay for things to end tragic or like, it, like Romeo and Juliet ends tragically, but like there is still a resolution there. There is like a resolution to move forward and do better. Like yeah. most people are dead, but like there is something that comes from that tragedy, which is a desire and a necessary motion to move forward um, and to take into account that tragedy and be better. Um, and like, there could be something there in this and it's it's not and it's frustrating and like it's why i don't like this ending in the first place like i don't like arturia and shiro meeting in fucking heaven and being like oh i'm so happy to found you is like frustrating as an ending to me because it's like affirming that continual tread into the past when like Arguably, the large catharsis that Shiro has is a resolution to move forward and to accept the past and move on. It, it just—it feels messy and complicated and, like, it shies away from really pulling the trigger and doing something. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for uh, Unlimited Labor. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so that'll be it for this episode. Um, God, this was long, but also we did have a lot to cover. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I expected us to hit three hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so next time we'll be covering um, a very tiny bit of uh, the Fate Roots Day 3. Um, because there there is some... Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like a single scene that branches differently. And then we immediately head out to Unlimited Blade Works. Yeah. Um, uh, and half where things are entirely different. Yeah, what's interesting is that even if you miss the initial uh, the initial branch point to Unlimited Blade Works, there is a point on day four where you can swap from the Fate route to Unlimited Blade Works day four. However, if you oh, however if you do that, it is impossible to finish. You will you you wow. are forced into a bad end. Uh, that comes, like, several scenes later, in, like, halfway through day five. That fucking rules. (laughs) Yeah. That fucking
2: rules, holy shit.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Uh, I'm not gonna be fully investigating that to figure out how it plays out, because that's just more work than i'm willing to do uh but based but sure. base on what I'm, what I'm seeing it depends on you rejecting rin's proposal to cooperate on day four and just going it solo mm-hmm. which makes sense of course you would die without rin's yeah. help uh-huh correct hey
2: this character is the uh heroine of this arc um definitely don't team up with her <laughs> uh
0: all right so that'll do it um for this episode as always you can follow me at stilts the gm
2: uh you can follow me at rhetoric acrobat on twitter
0: Uh, and remember podcasts end when you stop recording every time i forget every fucking time (laughs) one of these days you'll remember